Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in to the FTI Sports Dangle and Snipe Hockey Show. I'm your host, Chris Asbrock, and joining me today, or actually tonight, is my co-host, Kyle Phillips. Kyle, how you doing tonight, bud? Not too bad. How about yourself? Hey, I'm not too bad at all, man. It's uh, it's hockey season, you know? How much uh, how much better can you get? I don't think a whole lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very true. Well, as always, we are brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit uh, with two new locations in South Lebanon and in Mason, Ohio. Uh, so make sure you check out dickies.com for more information. Well, Kyle, let's uh, let's get into it, man. It's hockey season. Sounds good. I mean, how much – I mean, you can't ask for much more than this. I mean, it's – it is. It's hockey season. I mean, I know I've got – I've got friends, you know, who are who are all jacked up. You know, college is about to start, so I mean, it's uh, it's a great time to be a uh, be a hockey fan. Oh, without a doubt. Like, like I was telling you, uh, going up to uh, training camp this year for the Blue Jackets. I mean, there's nothing like walking in to the ring for the first time during the fall. I mean, you, you get the smell of the ice, you get the, the real crisp air. I mean, it, there's nothing like it. Um, yeah, and then I know football and everything else is starting up and going on right now, but to me, football is just the kind of little warning that hockey is right around the corner. And we're only, we're less than a week away now. The NHL starts up next Wednesday, so it's kind of hard to believe it's already here, to be honest. It's, it is absolutely crazy how, you know, how, how quick it's come by. I mean, it's, it's, it's flown by and like, you know, like we're, like we always talk every single day at work. I mean, it, it's just it's just the giddiness that you get, and like you said, you know, you have you know, just that the 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 air and just the smell. I and mean, I got my hockey equipment in my car. And let me tell you what, it's uh, as bad as it is, it still kind of gets me a little bit excited. No, definitely. <laughs> well, I know that um, you know, kind of just you know, different from NHL. I know uh, my um, uh, you know, if you listen to the show, you know. I also do the uh, uh, the Coach Scott Hicks show, who he coaches uh, Miami University's women's hockey program. Uh, they dropped the puck tonight, so they get they get their season going. Uh, the Miami Redhawks, you know, as you and I are both uh, big fans of Kyle, you know, they dropped the puck. Well, technically, in an exhibition game tomorrow, which I, you, I believe you're going up there for that, correct? I am. I, I got my tickets today, and I was kind of thinking about that actually today, and. Uh, and I know, like, I know Miami was planning, uh, they did their banner raising, I guess, for a prep rally they did yesterday um, for their NCHC uh, tournament win. I'm, I was kind of thinking about that. That was kind of odd. They didn't wait till the regular season. And I guess they're doing, like, a little uh, celebration tomorrow. But I was kind of thinking about it. I mean, they're bringing in a major junior team. It's not like they're bringing in, you know, you or I on skates or, you know, last year they brought in the U.S. <laughs> under-18 team. So, I mean, the competition they're bringing in is fantastic. And it's almost like, you know, kind of, even though maybe it's a little bit less than what NCAA is, um, it's still kind of the first game of the season in a lot of aspects. You know, you kind of bring in, like Ohio State maybe brings in, I don't know, Miami to kind of beat up on for the first week of football season. Um, Not necessarily because Miami has lost this game in the past or, you know, tied and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it, it does kind of, I mean, I know it's technically an exhibition, but I mean, the season really does start for NCAA in Miami tomorrow, which is just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I know there's, there's nothing, uh, nothing better 
Uh, I mean, and just, you know, if, if you haven't been to a college hockey game, I would highly recommend you go check one out. Great. I mean, most most barns are just, I mean, they're incredible. Um, you know, there's, you know, just the atmosphere, it, it's just, it's fantastic. And that's what you kind of get with that. And that's, you know, that's a great, that's a lot to it. And uh, Miami does a great job. Uh, if you've never had the chance to go, make sure you go because they do it. They do it right up in Miami. So, you know, that's all you can really, <laughs> that's all you can ask for. So, but yeah, it, actually, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. sorry, Chris, go ahead. Oh. oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's a completely, I mean, like, you know, I've been to probably a hundred NHL games and, and, and while, you know, there's nothing like NHL playoffs. I mean, bar none, there's nothing that I've ever been to in my life that, I mean, I was hugging strangers, it's insanity. But there's something about college hockey. I mean, there, yeah, it may not be the, as far as the best form of hockey, um, as far as, you know, Chris Passing, uh, you know, some of the more kind of technical plays, it, it, it's not on the same level, even, you know, as the minor league. But I'll tell you what, the passion those kids have and the passion the fans have, is is unreal. I mean, you take, like, a college football game, you take, like, the chance, the different kind of pageantry that a lot of them do and, and put it into a small, you know, Miami, what, 4,000, I think it's each, you know, just kind of family, if you will. I mean, that place just goes nuts. And uh, still, still to this day, my favorite part of any Miami hockey game is the announcement before the game that, you know, the NCAA uh, promotes strong sportsmanship from its players and fans, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, this first time Miami scores as well, really, as, you know, the players are out there being announced, they have their back turned, they're screaming, who cares? And it's like, you know, who cares what the NCAA says about sportsmanship? And, and it's, just, it's just stuff like that where it's just like, you know, they're there to watch the game of hockey. They're there, yeah, the kids aren't making millions of dollars. They may not be the best players to step on the ice, but you know what? It's it's just a fantastic love of the game. And that's why I think, you know, hockey just kind of transcends levels to it doesn't matter if you're watching a, a three-year-old kid taking his first steps out on the ice or you're watching, you know, Yami Yager out there for his 80th year. <laughs> sniping past, you know, Berger or something like that. Hockey just transcends age, transcends everything, really. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, there's been, you know, it, it just, it, it's one of those, and I, it seems like it's every person I talk to that, you know, who is not a hockey fan, because, you know, there's, there's you know, there's the hardcores like you and I, and then, you know, we've got friends who are just like that. But, you know, there's, there's people that we know who are like that, but then there's also the the fringe fan who, you know, isn't real knowledgeable about it, but, you know, they go to a game or something like that, and next thing you know, they're hooked. I mean, that's – and that's the beauty of hockey, and that's what I really like about it is that it's just – it's one of those things that, you know, it's that game that, you can't help but love when you go when you're there live, and that's one thing that college hockey does. A, I mean, just a fantastic job of of encompassing that atmosphere and then just bringing it forward and 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 giving that to the fan. I mean, you can't ask, you know. I mean, my old memories of you know when they played at Goggin, you know, Goggin was one of the toughest places to play, and I mean because that you know that arena. I mean, it was small. I mean, you know, you, I mean, you remember Goggin. 
I mean, they're, yes, the sir. students are right on top of you. It, it's, I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's the, the best part about it. I mean, they're right there. You had the, the bleachers only on the one side. You had a tin roof slanted straight down towards <laughs> the ice. And <laughs> I Man, mean, it was, it was yeah, great. I, I have extremely fond memories of the uh, the old Goggins. Anything from you know learning to skate there and and you know free skates and I mean yeah, it's fantastic times. I got my first hockey stick there. I'll never forget that old place. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I mean, and if you actually, I mean, if you kind of look back and look at the names that you've seen that that went through there, I mean, I. You know, I had a uh, you know I had a neighbor growing up who I mean he's a big Michigan fan. I mean, as am I. I'm, I'm a big Michigan fan as well. But when it comes to hockey, you know, it's it's Miami. But the we always went up to to Goggin for the Michigan series. I mean, so you get to see guys like you know Turco. Uh, I mean, Cagliano. It's just I mean, just names that you know Sean Horkoff was one. Um, it's just big names. Ryan Miller was another one from Michigan State that we got to see yep. you play a lot. I mean, just, you know, Umberger, you know, guys like that. It's just, I mean, that it, it's cool to see them before, you know, before they hit, you know, the, the, the national hockey league. It, it's such a, it's a cool, it's a cool experience. And I would, I would encourage every single person to check it out. Right. And then in Canada, play like, you know, you talk about the big names that didn't make it, you know, you had, Savage, who played for Miami. Uh, I mean, I mean, now you have guys like Alec Martinez, who's you know won the Stanley Cup for LA. I mean, you ha- you have these. I mean, and college is really taking that next step. And we'll get into it. You know, I'm sure when we when we kind of break down the Flyers and things like that. But Ron Hextall, you know, coming from North Dakota to coach the Flyers, you have uh, the Red Wings, uh, Jack Blashall coming in. Um, he was an assistant actually at Miami. Um, you know, and I, and I think I had told you that, uh, I forget where I heard it. I want to say it was a hockey news. I, I, I don't know if that's all in sense correct, but, uh, you know, there, over, course of, over the course of the NHL, there's only ever been, I think, 11, um, college coaches or that have done anything in the NHL, whether it be like video coordinator, a coach, um, assistant coach, really any sort of, um, NHL position. We're well, just in this last year, I think there's been six. So that just kind of shows, and not only that, but you know, the players. I, I saw a statistic the other day where I think it was 33%, like basically right around a third of all NHL players right now played some form of college hockey. And so you're starting to see these kids, you know, you know, maybe they, you know, whether they're U.S. born or even Canadian born. I mean, Jonathan Tays came down and played for North Dakota. I mean, <laughs> you, you you just start seeing this kind of trend of. Um, kind of kids saying, hey, wait a minute, like, you know, not only am I able to go play for, you know, a phenomenal program with, like, you know, like the Big Ten has its own program now, the NCHC is basically like, the, you know, the SEC of hockey, the powerhouses you have, you know, Hockey East. I mean, you have these huge conferences, these huge schools that have such a tradition, and they're really starting to get in really, really good talent. Like, they've always, you know, one or two here and there, you know, we go straight to the NHL and those types of things. But, I mean, they're really starting to uh, to bring in the kids and, and really starting to make uh, college hockey an extremely viable um, option for kids looking to further their career. That's that's very, very true. And that's one thing, you know, we, you know, again, you know, obviously with us being co-workers, we always, you know, we're always discussing hockey. And that's the one, the one thing that always kind of seems to be brought up is the fact that, you know, you have, the 
you know, it's the, the, the junior, the juniors versus the, you know, the NCAA aspect and, and just how intriguing that really is. And, uh, I mean, yeah, and, you know, it was a great point you brought up the other day. I remember we were, you know, we were kind of BS and, you know, at work about how the, uh, you know, you're going to get your scoring. If, I mean, if you really want to watch scoring, then, you know, you watch the, you know, the, you know, the, the junior league, the Canadian league, uh, because, you know, honestly, that's, you know, that's kind of their, they don't play defense really up there. I mean, if, you know, NCAA, man, you look at you look at some of the guys who have come out of, you know, college, some of these, you know, defensemen, I mean, boom. I mean, that's that just shows right there what kind of where hockey is, you know, between the two. So it's uh it's it's a cool it's definitely a cool uh cool comparison to make and it's always it always makes for a great you know, a great debate anytime you get the chance to uh you know, to to chat it up with someone. Definitely. Well, do you want to kind of get into it, or you, I mean, do you have any anything I, else you want to bring I up? I don't see why not. I mean, we we have thirty teams here. We got to <laughs> kind of go through here, and I, I'm, I'm not going to warn you right now. You're not going to be happy with me about one of them. About Washington? Well, I don't like hearing that. Well, no, no, you're like going to have me. You're going to you're going to be all right with why. I mean, I. You pretty much know where I stand in Washington, but uh, where I have the Avalanche, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're going to be too happy with me. Yeah, look, well, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that when I. Uh, <laughs> good thing I'm drinking a nice adult beverage out of my uh, Avalanche mug right now, <laughs> so it's going to kind of help me, help me chill out a little bit. I'm hoping, but <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll kind of, we'll go with it. We'll, we'll kind of see where where it leads. But well, Eastern Conference um, last year. The you know I mean it was the Western Conference has always been the the I I would say the toast of the of the league I mean they are the the pinnacle um, Eastern Conference you know it's just gonna it's gonna really depend on you know teams and kind of where they you know kind of where they fit in you know the Metropolitan Division and the Atlantic Division are the two divisions obviously in the in the Eastern Conference and if you listen to the show you obviously already know that. Um, Metropolitan division, I would have to say, is the stronger of the of the two um, divisions. I mean, they're, you've got, I mean, you got the the Islanders, uh, the Rangers, the Flyers, uh, Penguins, Capitals, um, Devils, Columbus, and Carolina are the are the eight in that division. Um, kind of, where do you have? Where do you kind of have your? Uh, I guess where do you have each teams kind of slotting themselves in uh, in line there in that in the Metro? Uh, honestly, I have number one. I think uh, Washington. Um, they're gonna. I, I don't really see any of the other teams um, really not, not on their caliber. Um, I, I think that when Barry Trotz came in, I think that was a huge, a, a an absolute huge uh, momentum swing uh, for that organization. Um, they brought in a coach that I kind of feel like really kind of connected in some ways with Ovechkin. Um, and, you know, whether you, you like him or hate him, I've always been kind of more towards the hate side. Uh, and not necessarily <laughs> from him, but kind of looking at some of his tendencies. Um, I, I do think he was kind of lazy in a lot of a lot of aspects of the game. Um, you know, he kind of realized, you know, best shot in the NHL. Like, there's, 
there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I mean, even like you know, on a power play, he stands there at the at the point, right on the top of the circle, and I mean, they can throw all four guys at him. He's still gonna pinpoint it through top shelf. Like it, he's unbelievable when you give him time and space, and he he can just snipe better than I think than probably anybody ever has. Um, but I, I really think that uh, Washington probably is going to be uh, take home the Metro Division crown um, this year. Uh, it, I, I just think that they the speeches that they have, um, adding T.J. Oshie, uh, another huge, huge body, um, another, you know, 50-plus points pretty much guaranteed um, as long as he's healthy and plays most of the season. Um, I think that's going to help uh, Ovechkin a lot. Um, you know, kind of looking at some of their – Defense, uh, it's okay. Um, I mean, they have they have Brooks Orpik. He's you know a solid defenseman, but he's kind of getting up there in age. You know, thirty five years old. Um, they have Matt Niskanen. Uh, you know, another kind of twenty eight. Not not you know terribly old. Um, that would probably be my only question with them. Brayden Holby is going to be solid. You know that. Um, you know, looking at the Fords, you know, you have Oshie, you have Ovechkin, you have. Jay Beagle, you have Jason Schmier is more of, you know, the grinder who's going to give you 100% every night. You have, I mean, you have Brooks Flake. You, I mean, it's, their offensive power is insane. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're truly loaded. They're one of the uh, – one of the – I mean, they're I, – I can't, I can't say it. Like, they're it, – it pains me to say that they're probably – I mean, they're probably going to be the one coming out of the – out of the East, I mean, overall, I mean, they're just, they're just loaded. I mean, there's nothing you can really say too much about that. Uh, who would you have finished uh, in second? I mean, I'm looking at probably the Rangers on, on my end. Um, but what about you? How about you? I mean, how do you feel about the Metro? Uh, who's going to finish in, in second behind Washington? Because I, I mean, I'm with you on, on Washington, you know, the kind of the more you look at it, you know, and you hit on every point pretty much that, you know, the additions they made, and you know, we talk all the time. Barry Trotz, I mean, good lord, Barry Trotz. I mean, he's that was the perfect coach for that team at that time, and uh, I they're going to reap the benefits of that. But um, who do you see finishing in second place in the Metro? Uh, second, and this one actually, I sat there. If you got the Rangers, I sat there back and forth, and originally I marked down the Islanders um, just because they, I mean, they're really returning most of the team they did last year. Um, they, what was it, two years ago, uh, you know, they had a fairly strong running, you know, made eighth spot, um, gave the Penguins a fairly good run in the playoffs. And then uh, the following year, a lot of injuries, missed the playoffs. Um, last year, you know, got healthy again. And, and honestly, for for a lot of most of the season, they were top spot in the, uh, in the, in the Metro up until the very end when they kind of slid a little bit um, and then, you know, kind of had to fight for – they're not in the playoff spot, but, you know, they had their last game depended on home ice advantage or not for the Capitals. They ended up losing to the Blue Jackets. Um, so, I mean, really the Islanders are returning the same team, but, like, I really sat down and looked at it. And, like, you know, now part of this is part of the fan of me, but the other part of me is actually, like, <laughs> legitimately looking at the rosters. But I'm going to have to say the Blue Jackets. Um, Here we go. Just, just, looking at their, just looking at their roster, man, and, and just watching some of the preseason games. And we'll get more into the Blue Jackets, you know, a little bit later on in the show. But just looking at how well they're playing, right, or just like in the preseason, and I know that means nothing because we went like 8, I think we went 8-0-1 or something crazy like that last year, and then, you know, then lost 600-man game to injury. 
But, uh, you know, just kind of the way that some of their they're gelling, um, I think Ross is going to have a huge year this year. Um, he completely changed his off-ice routine over the summer. Um, I, I just I can't bet against them this year. Um, I, I feel like they paid their hockey dues to the hockey gods uh, last year with all the injuries, and then I really think that this year they're going to be poised to uh, to make a huge leap. I'm I'm with you. They're they're one of the most intriguing teams. I, I think that that that's out there. I mean, like you said, I mean the amount of man games lost last year to injury was just it was truly astonishing. And you know, and you could see when everyone was starting to kind of get healthy towards the end of the year, you saw what they did. I mean, they won. You know, it was like it's been one one in the last seventeen. Yeah. I was going to say, like, they won 15 out of the last 16, 17 games. And it's just that's the Columbus that a lot of people were picking, you know, last year. And a lot of people are seeming to pick this year. And I've heard a couple of people say, uh, you know, Columbus is going to be the dangerous team. And uh, I've heard that on numerous shows and numerous channels and everything like that. So it's kind of, I mean, you have, you know, a former Vezina winner and, you know, Bobrovsky, you know, as your backstop. That's all you need right there that, you know, if he stays healthy, then, you know, there you go. So, but, good Lord, I think someone's shooting fireworks off outside my house. Holy cow. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a war zone out there. It's crazy. Um, but having Bobrovsky, you know, having that backstop, uh, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of touch on a little bit more, you know, when I talk about the avalanche, but having that, Knowing you have that that caliber of goalie behind you, that's I mean that's comforting in and of itself. Just knowing that you have that, you can kind of put a little looser. And there was a lot of you know there was a lot of time last year where Bobrovsky wasn't there, so you know that changes everything. Plus you have new guys going in and out, and like I said, the amount of man games lost was just it's it's crippling to a team. That's exactly what happened in this case with Columbus, but. You know they're coming back, and you know with the with the addition of of Saad. I mean, I mean, there's a couple guys they brought in. It's just like, you know, there you go. What can be done with, you know, with, you know, with those new additions and, and the healthy Bobrovsky? I mean, they, the sky's the limit, and they can they can definitely do some damage uh, in the in the metro. And I'm I'm with you. Though. I can I can see them, I and it was hard for me to kind of go back and forth because I was picking. I went with the Rangers just because. You know, they've been there. But, I mean, Columbus, I mean, it was kind of like 2A and 2B. So, that's kind of where I was with it. Right, yeah. And, and kind of looking at the Rangers, for me, I actually uh, had them uh, fourth. Um, kind of looking at their lineup, uh, it's roughly the same as last year. Um, they did lose a couple, well, I kind of call key pieces. Um I think one of the bigger ones is, and I know he was a little bit older, but Saint, losing St. Louis to retirement. Um, I, I mean, that guy is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm with you. Just, just watching him, you know, all throughout Tampa and, and, you know, just being able to, like, the presence and speed that he had. Um, you, you know, kind of looking through their, their lineup, I think Nash, uh, again, is going to have another phenomenal uh, regular season. Um, I mean, he's he's proven time and time again that during the regular season he's unbelievable when he wants to play. Um, you know, not so much in the playoffs, but you know, 
that's all right with me. <laughs> uh, you know, look at look at looking at their defensemen. Um, and the thing is, the thing that really kind of strikes me is New York's the Rangers, at least, are a fairly old team. Um, kind of looking through their their roster, I mean, most of the guys you're looking at 28, 31. I mean, there are a couple 23, 24 year olds. Um, but I mean, they're getting up there on age. Um, same with the defense. You know, you, you got guys like Dan Boyle, who I mean, don't get me wrong, if he put on a Columbus uniform, I, or I'd probably buy a sweater in a second. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you got you got guys like Mark Stahl, obviously, is very solid. One thing that really did, you know, Ryan McDonough, once again, Dan Girardi, I mean, you got some very solid, good defensemen. Um, the one kind of pickup I did think was kind of good on their part was Keith Yandel, picking him up. Um, you, you know, I think he may add a little bit of offense. Uh, you, you know, I, I know the last couple of years in Arizona, Phoenix, whatever they're called now, um, weren't necessarily his highest point totals, but I think maybe a change of scenery and on a much better team. And I also don't think he's going to be, you know, the face of the franchise like he was in Arizona, um, you know, being called upon 30, you know, 30 plus minutes a game. Uh, you know, and then obviously then they have King Henry. I mean, you have Lundqvist. I mean, you're going to be in every game that you can. So, you know, you can be in. So I, I definitely see, you know, I think the Metro uh, looking at like probably the between two to five spots is probably a flip of the coin, to be honest. I think all the teams, like, they all have their strengths, they all have their weaknesses. Um, you know, I think they're they're fairly interchangeable. I would have to agree with that. It's, you know, that is one of the – it's outside of the central. It's by far the best division in hockey. Um, it is, like you said, two to five. I mean, yeah, you can pick – I mean, you can pick anyone. I mean – you know, you can have your pick a litter on that one. It's 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 tough. Well, I mean, who do you have now um, sitting at fourth? Then I mean, you've got. Oh wait, no, you had the Rangers at fourth then. Yeah, Rangers who do you have four. So three, I actually had the Islanders. Okay, okay. So I was going to say so that's, that's our top four is the same. So yeah, the the Islanders. Um, let me find my notes on them. Sorry, I had this all in order and then got it all messed up. All right. Hey, so yeah, so the, the beauty of live radio, man. Uh, right. So the uh, the Islanders, yeah, I, I I'm having not a hard time with them. Like I said, they they, re, they return most of the the team they had last year, um, which which you know, in all honesty, should have knocked Washington out in the first round. Um, you, you know, a couple bounces here and there, and, and that's a completely different series. Um, you, you know, you have John Tavares, who I think is just phenomenal. One, I mean, he stuck with the Islanders when he was the only reason that the Islanders got any sort of attention. Um, you know, he's got he's got Kylo uh, Acaposo, who obviously is uh, uh, just a fantastic player, huge body. Um you know, there's nothing really, with the exception of those two. I mean, there's there's nobody really on the roster that jumps out like phenomenal. Um, but you know, they get the they get the job done. They're they're kind of that workhorse kind of blue collar, um, grinded out type team. I mean, they're they're not going to be winning games, you know, eight to two, you know, all the time or anything like that. Um, you know, they, they've got a decent goalie in Halak. Uh, you know, same with kind of their defense. Same thing, like, you know, they got Zidlicky, they got um, Nicoletti. I mean, they, they've got some, you know, 
good guys, you know, like guys that are very capable, very solid, but nothing that's, you know, jump out the jump off the page and be like, oh, this is the best team hockey type thing. Um, and also, I, th- I think, uh, you know, the, the team's huge. I mean, like I said, they're going to grind it out. Um, you know, I was kind of looking at the roster. I mean, their their smallest line is their fourth line, and that's like Cal Clutterbuck, uh, Nikolai Grabowski, which, I mean, with his off-ice kind of <laughs> issues, and, I mean, he, neither of those two guys are afraid to mix it up or go into hard, you know, hard-nosed areas. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, most of the, I mean, most of the rosters, six, six foot plus. I mean, you're looking at, 220, most of these guys, you know, a couple guys in the high 100s. I mean, this is a huge team. And I think that's the reason they do so well is because they, they just wear teams out. Um, and some of the more finesse teams, especially like in the Metro and then the Eastern Conference, where I think the finesse is a lot more prevalent, um, they, that's the reason they do so well. Because they must play like a West kind of Anaheim, L.A. style of hockey. Um, you know, and like I said, Halak, Halak backs them up fantastic. The one thing I am going to be very interested to see this year is their their move to uh, Brooklyn. Um, you know, this is the first year that they're going to be playing in the Barclays uh, Arena. And so, I mean, I'm curious to see, like, exactly. I mean, I, I read an article, um, I think it was the Hockey News, uh, where Octoposo was talking about it, and he was saying, you know, you were so used to you know, the, the Nassau Coliseum was out on the island. There was no real traffic. He, you know, he had a 10-minute drive from his home to the arena. That's not going to be the case in Brooklyn. Um, so I'm kind of curious if, the, you know, like the venue change, if some of the routine changes um, affect the team at all. Because, you, you know, like you play hockey yourself. Like hockey is one of those sports where it's very not, – not, I mean, there was a lot of superstition, but it's very routine-based. Um, you know, a lot of guys do the same thing for, for for breakfast, same thing for lunch, pregame meal. Um, you know, the drive's always the same. So I'm kind of curious on whether or not this move really affects um, how the team plays. And plus, I mean, the team was getting a, a ton of support um, the last two years, really the last three years, from the Long Island community. And now you move it to Brooklyn that, you know, you have the Nets, you have – I mean, you obviously have the Mets and Yankees. Like, there's so much. You have, the, you know, the Jets and and Giants. Like, there's so much more actually in the city to compete with. Are they really going to get the same support? I mean, will that have any sort of effect on the players? I don't think it really will, but you, you never know. And so that's kind of a question mark for me is, like, what is this move going to do to them? Yeah, that's that's one of the most intriguing ones was the fact that, yeah, that move, I mean, because the Barclays Center, I mean, it's not – it's not. It's not. It wasn't built for hockey either. So that was that's a basketball only arena, basically. So they're. I mean, it's going to be a different feel, and um, you know, this, the Nassau Coliseum. I mean, as I mean, that was an old barn right there. That was that was an old place, but it was the history and just everything about it was just awesome. And I mean, you know, it, it, you kind of you couldn't help but like root for the Islanders like towards the end knowing that the Coliseum was going to be closing down and it was just, you just, you felt for them because they played so hard and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it is, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens now, you know, with the move to the Barclays center. And like you said, it's, I mean, Brooklyn's a whole, it's a whole different animal now. And uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, to see, you know, see what goes on, but, you know that's uh, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of everything. So um, now, I mean, actually, before I, before we move on to our fifth team, um, 
we had the phone lines are open, so if you want to call in and um, chat chat about your favorite team, uh, you can call in at five one six three eight seven one three six five. It's five one six three eight seven one three six five. And uh, Kyle and I will be definitely more than welcome to uh, to chat and, uh, chat your favorite team with you. So uh, just let you know that the the calls are uh, you know the phone lines are definitely open for you guys to uh, to call in and uh, you know make your voice be heard. So. Well, Kyle, uh, with that being said, let's, uh, let's look to your fifth-place team. I've got a feeling we're probably going to be sitting the same on this one. I'm looking Pittsburgh. What about you? That's exactly what I'm looking as well. But you know what, though? Honestly, and, you know, well, I shouldn't say that because, you know, we, we already addressed it with it being, you know, two through five, two big coin flip. I've got a feeling Phil Castle is going to explode. I have a feeling he is going to go off, and he can carry that team – um, I know I know you don't like it as a as a hardcore Blue Jackets fan. Uh, so your your hatred for the Penguins is is pretty solid. But you know, obviously you're objective, so it's not you know you're a realistic uh, realistic guy. So it's you know hey, it's just it's part of being a fandom. But uh, I've got a feeling Kessel, like I said, I got a feeling he's gonna really he's gonna take that team to some pretty solid heights. I, are you kind of in the same? Same boat that I am on that. As as a Blue Jackets fan, I want to say no, but as a realistic hockey fan, I, I uh, fully agree with you. Yeah, I think I think that pickup um, one it was phenomenal for him. He gets out of Toronto where he was pretty much the most basically the Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler of Toronto. Um, and, and gets to a spot where he, I think, you know, he needed a he needed a new a new change of scenery. Um, he needed, uh, you know, some fresh air. Um, he, you know, he, he needed to get away from the fights with reporters every single night. Um, and I mean, and, and he is like, you know, watching the uh, preseason as I have when um, the Jackets and Pens played uh, last Saturday. You know, you watch Kessel, and and he gets a lot of criticism because he he's a little bit slower. Um, he, he you know he's a little bit, for lack of a better term, puttier than you know what you think most of your <laughs> NHL players are. But I'll tell you what, man, that guy's smart. Um, just kind of watching the game, you, you know, like you'll see two guys go in the corner. You know, they're fighting for the puck. Everybody's kind of watching that play, and then all of a sudden you'll just see Kessel kind of creeping into the slot. And that's the thing, like, he, he necessarily, necessarily doesn't go for, you know, the highlight, everybody out of their shoes, you know, like, kind of goals. But I'll tell you what, like, when he finds that spot where the action isn't, where he has plenty of ice, and where he kind of, it's almost like a stealth like jet. Like, the defense are there, but they have no idea he's there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the puck's, like, moved out of the corner, cycled around, and then he's in the slot wide open, and he's one of the best finishers in hockey, like, I mean, his ability to shoot is unbelievable. Um, and, and I honestly think his ability to pass is really going to benefit Crosby. As much as I want to, hey, hey, I hate to say it as a Blue Jacket fan, I really think those two are probably <laughs> going to gel extremely well together. Um, and I think that their power play is going to be um, extremely uh, formidable um, this season. Um, I, I think that, yeah, just, just their offensive uh, prowess between, you know, they got Kunitz, they got Malkin, they got Crosby, obviously. I mean, no one needs to know that. Everybody knows that. And then, you know, same with um, Kessel now. But then, I mean, you look, you, know, you go down, you have Bo Bennett, 
you know, you have David Perron. I mean, you just the amount of offensive talent that they have, I mean, they should be scoring seven goals a night. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, exactly how they do all gel, and and I think I think it's going to be a good thing for uh, for Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh fans uh, having Kessel there. I would have to agree. When I mean, when I saw the trade that went down, I was like, "Holy cow!" I mean, at first I was kind of, I was a little upset about it because I'm like, "Oh man!" Like, you know, I didn't want to because I just, I just knew what that was going to do because they, I mean, if you look, it was a steal for you know for Pittsburgh. I mean, they got I mean. Getting Phil Kessel, who, I mean, depends on which Phil Kessel you get. If you get the one that was in Toronto, then, meh. But you're not going to get that. I mean, you know, well, anytime you play on the line with, with Crosby, I mean, Crosby, he's, you know, he's not the best player in the world, but he's certainly up there. And, yeah, I said it, he's not the best player in the world. There's, there's a guy named Jonathan Tays who I'm going to put as the best player in the world right now, but that's beside the point. But anytime you play on the line with, with Sidney Crosby, who, you know, he elevates everyone else's game around him, and that's exactly what, you know, that's he's a superstar. I mean, there's no, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Whether you like him or not, Crosby's a superstar. That's what he can do is he can elevate that game of Phil Kessel back to what we know Phil Kessel can be. And, like, you you know, you touched on it, Kyle, about how smart he really is. It's it's terrifying how smart he is because, like you said, you know he he's very stealthy, and that was a great was a great way to put that. Is you know he kind of he he's there, but you don't know he's there. And next thing you know, fucks in the back of the net, and it's like oh crap, you know, wow, we missed you know missed the defensive assignment there, but you know, that's what uh that's what he can bring to, you. and I think that's what he is going to bring to uh, to uh, Pittsburgh this year, and uh, it. <sighs> It's going to be – he's got a chance to uh, to really, you know, really, really help him. But I just think defensively, though, it, it's going to be kind of tough for him. And that's why I've got him sitting in fifth in the, uh, uh, in the Metro. When it comes right. to sixth place, yeah. I mean, are, are we kind of – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the only thing that I – the only really question I have about the Pens, and the only thing that could really, I think, hurt them this year is their defense and goaltending. Um Obviously, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, ever since, honestly, since that playoff series versus Columbus, when he made that mistake of game four, miss, you know, misplaying that puck with 30 seconds left and, and you know, and allowing the game to be sent over time and giving up a fairly, what I consider a fairly soft goal, he just hasn't seemed like his normal self the last couple of seasons. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of my question with them. And, now, granted, they do have Jeff Zakoff, which, you know, once again, not not a huge name, solid backup. Um, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him, even though he wears black and gold because he is a Miami alum. Uh, you know, so I had to see him do well. But that's that's kind of my questioning with them is is the defense. Um, we've talked about this before. I mean, it almost seems like Pittsburgh knows that their defense is going to be a little bit suspect this year, and it kind of has during the preseason. I mean, they've given up I think 13 goals in two games to the Red Wings. And I mean, now granted, the Red Wings were playing most of their starters, and also had like Dylan, Dylan Larkin, and a couple other you know phenoms kind of playing. Um, but you know, they're, the defense was kind of taken advantage of, and I feel like that Pittsburgh kind of knows that they're going to have to score a lot. So it's almost like they're like the the forward that they have set up are more to win a game five to three, you know, seven to five, four to four to three type games. Um, where they know they're they're going to be giving up goals. 
Um, so, I mean, and, you know, and if, if something happens to, you know, Crosby's been injury prone, um, you know, if anything happens to these guys, Malkin's kind of on the downward slide here. Um, I mean, if anything happens to one of these guys or or they don't produce the way that I think Pittsburgh is planning or hoping them to, it could be a really long season for Pittsburgh fans. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And I can tell you what, it's not going to be a lot of fun to, uh, to see them on Twitter. So, Although uh, no. you'll definitely, their voices will be heard. I can promise you that. Well, I, I, well that's, and, and, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was just going. I was going to move on, but go ahead. You got something else to add? Go ahead, man. Oh yeah, no. I was just going to say, yeah, and then, like looking because they are in the metro. I mean, they have to play. You know, the Caps. They have to play the Blue Jackets. They have to play the Islanders. They have to play the Rangers. They have to play the Flyers. Which I mean, we'll get to the Flyers, but I mean, they're obviously not in the same division yet um, that some of these other teams are. But, I mean, those are division games where you're seeing them a ton during the season. And, I mean, and these teams are, are, are not the pushovers that they once were that the Pens could just come in and be like, oh, this, this is an easy two points. So, I mean, I, I, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's hard for me to, like, you know, not I mean, as a Blue Jackets fan, but, like, just as a person looking at their schedule and their roster, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I hope that they do well. I mean, I think it would be fun for – for everybody, if you know the heated kind of rivalry and they're and they're fighting for playoff standing and things like that, but like I, I mean, it, 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 it the Metro is just crazy this year. I think <laughs> just to put it short, no, no doubt. And actually, I just got a little alert on my phone not to not to ruin anything, but Columbus just beat Buffalo six four, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, I saw five uh, nothing was the last time I I, I saw and I. And the funny thing was, is I was looking at the rosters actually right before we started the show, and basically Columbus was playing a minor league team, and Buffalo was starting everybody but Eichel. <laughs> oh, really? So that could cause, yeah, I didn't get a chance to look at that. That could cause a little bit of uh, trouble in, in in the Sabres world right now. Oh, but that's oh, the thing. Columbus I was going to say, I mean, even, all the names that kept popping up on me. <laughs> On my uh, on the the game alerts, I'm like, man, that's he's not a he's not a starter. He, oh, he's not a starter. Neither is he. Wow, neither is he. It was just <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So, but well, I'm actually I'm thinking that we're probably going to be in the same spot uh, for the number six team. I got the Flyers. What about you? That's exactly what I have as well. There, there we go. I'm going to feel that our our final three are going to be the same. Who do you have at seven? I have, uh, seven, I have the Hurricanes. <laughs> oh, yeah, same here. And I got the Devils finished. Because they're really, I mean, seven and eight, I mean, Carolina and New Jersey are, you know, there's really not much to really talk about them. They are, they're going to struggle this year, especially being in that division. But Philadelphia is an interesting one. Uh, you touched, you know, actually we touched on our little bit of, uh, you know, our, our intro, our little BS session you know, right at the top of the show. Dave Axel comes from North Dakota, uh, so he leaves North Dakota uh, to coach the Flyers. So he goes straight from college to the NHL. Big move, I know, buys the the Flyers um, for you know a couple different reasons, but I'm I'm rooting for Axel to do well. Uh, I think that the NCAA does not get the recognition that it deserves. I think when it comes down to uh, when it comes to the quality of hockey and the quality of the coaches. So, you know, I think that that is a, 
it, it's well deserved, and you know, and if if they can get a vic, you know, if they can do pretty well and be victorious in the you know a good amount of games, I, I'm I'm pulling for I'm pulling for Axel to, to do well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what else to really say about it, but I mean they are going to struggle though in the Metro. The Metro, like we you know, we continue to say, it's a tough division. But like I said, the toughest one in the East. Yeah, without a doubt. And and actually, the Flyers are the team. One of the teams that I think could honestly surprise me um, and, and not do as poorly as what I think. Um, they've they've actually had quite a few of their preseason games, and I know preseason doesn't really matter. I mean it's. it's it is a bunch of kind of minor league kids that they're trying to try out and, and, and see where they want to put them. Do they want to send them back to junior? Do they want to put them on the AHL? Um, you know, so I, I know there's a, there's not a lot of chemistry. Um, there's a lot of kind of someone's like a you know Lego set. You're just you're just putting pieces where they fit. You're not worrying about colors. You're not worrying about anything like that. Um, so I don't put a whole lot of stock. But I, I'll tell you what. I mean, Steve Mason looks has looked phenomenal. Um, the other night he played against the Rangers and uh, they ended up losing it on overtime on a penalty shot um, that was called in overtime. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, Mason just looks, I mean, just unbelievable. Um, from some of the reports I've seen, I guess he's, he's lost quite a bit of weight. Um, he's in probably the best shape he's ever been in, except for probably the uh, Calder winning uh, season he had with the Blue Jackets. Um, and, you know, and I, and I'm, as a Blue Jackets fans, I, I appreciate Mason. He was kind of handed a raw deal, I feel, in Columbus. So I'm rooting for him to do well, even though I cannot stand the Flyers uh, as a high as a Blue Jackets fan. But as a hockey fan, I, I you know, I, I respect the team and, and what they've done. So I, I think, you know, you, you can't you can't count out Claude Giroux, um, and especially with Voracek. Um, and it still grinds my gears that we gave him up for Jeff Carter. But you know, you know my <laughs> Jeff Carter tirade. Uh, so, but yeah, I think I think it may take a little bit of time um, with Ron Hextall coming in, kind of installing. I'm curious to see how he does, kind of motivating professional athletes um, coming from North Dakota. Um, now, granted, I mean he's had you know a ton of NHL talent there before, but you know I do feel like there's a little bit of a difference as far as how kind of coachable some of these guys are. Um, and the Flyers have kind of had their issues with uncoachable players, where you, you know some of the attitudes and egos kind of. I, feel, I don't know why it just seems like in most Philly sports that kind of flies a little bit. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how he kind of deals with millionaires instead of you know um, kids, little eighteen, you know eighteen, twenty-two year old kids. Um, you know, and then how can he handle Philadelphia? Because you know if they don't start off fantastically. Philadelphia is a city and a sports, you know, just a, they let their sports teams know when they're not happy. Um, so, you know, to see kind of how he handles that, if they don't jump up to a start, a good start. And, and But, you know, I, I think, I mean, looking at the roster, I, I think that they have a fairly decent team. Um, you know, I, I don't, I my gut feeling is, you know, they're going to be on the bottom part of the Metro. But you never know. I mean, you know, Drew gets hot, Simmons gets hot. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're playing good hockey, and I mean, they could be right in the mix with everybody else. That's very true. Very true. Uh, like we said, our seven and eight, our Carolina and New Jersey both teams aren't going to struggle. Um, you know, you know, to really make any noise. And I mean, they're just going to be really fighting for uh, number one draft pick spot, a nice little lottery spot. Um, let's move over to the Atlantic. 
Um, this one has this is a this is a top heavy division. Um, really, I mean, it, this is another kind of tough one to really kind of slot out exactly you know where each one's going to finish. But here do you have? I mean, are you along the same lines as myself as having Tampa as the as the, the class of the Atlantic? That is exactly what I have. Yeah, I, I mean, they just, you know, you know, they made it to the finals last year, and I mean, they've, you know, Ben Bishop. I mean, you've got, I mean, obviously you got Stamkos, who's the, I mean, no doubt the best scorer in the league. Uh, the guy's just, the guy's, he's good, man. He's just really good. Uh, you got Callahan down there, so you know, you got you got guys who are proven stars. Um, and then they carried Tampa to the to the Stanley Cup final last year, where you know obviously where they fell short. But um, I, I just I just think they're they're going to be too strong once again for that for that division. But um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I mean, what else do you have to really? I mean, what else do you have to add for uh, Tampa? Well, I mean, I mean, you pretty much. I mean, they returned basically the exact same team, um, which obviously was good enough to. Make a you know make a run to the Stanley Cup final and, and lost to Chicago, which is the you know which we I think we both kind of called it way before the the playoffs even started that Chicago was going to win it all. Um, but I mean, like kind of looking at the lineup, I mean, yeah, you have Steven Stamkos, and then also I mean his contract up this year. Um, that's the only thing that I kind of from some of the reports and stuff I've been reading and, and some of the shows I've listened to and watching. You know, that could possibly be a little – I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a distraction, um, but Tampa's already come out and said that they're not going to handle anything until the end of the year. Um, Stamkos came out, I think, uh, either today or yesterday, said that he understands the business, like he just focused on playing hockey. Um, you know, he's not he's not going to, you know, hold out or anything crazy like um but I mean, does this does like you know this kind of whole contract thing? You know, you see a lot in baseball and things like that. You know, contract year. They come out and they're just unbelievable. I mean, the, the, he he's unbelievable as it is. So I mean, for him to come out and and just maybe have you know a Rocket Richard type season, I mean, it's just not out of the realm of possibility. Um, and then not only that, but then you have Tyler Johnson. I mean, who who kind of came out of nowhere, um, and now they're going to have you know the entire season with him. Um, and, and so I think I think Tampa is just going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with, um, and I don't really see anybody kind of slowing them down. Um, and then now you, then you have Ben Bishop obviously coming back, who's just a beast in the net, just size wise alone. Um, and then it'd be kind of I think it'd be interesting to see what they go with um, as far as a backup. I mean, not that they're going to get a whole lot of playing time, but I mean they have they do they did use that Guleskis a little bit last year. Um, so, you know, they also have Kevin Pollan and uh, Belsneski. So I, I think that would be kind of the thing I'm most curious on is what they do with the goalie situation. Um, obviously, Bishop's number one, um, but he's been a little bit injury-prone um, the last couple of years as well. Um, so I think that might be their only kind of question mark is he healthy the whole year um, and who they use up for a backup. But I don't think that there's anybody in the Atlantic that's going to challenge him for the top spot. I would have to agree. Who do you have number two? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Same here. Yep. I think uh, as far as Montreal is concerned, um, once again, I mean, really, I mean, the Atlantic teams didn't really change a whole lot um, as far as their makeup. 
you know, like Montreal's going to be good. Um, and they have PK Subban, love him or love him or hate him. He he's one of the probably better, if not well, with the exception of maybe Carlson, one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. Um, yeah, guy. I mean, just an absolute. Anytime he steps on the ice, he's a game changer, and and you and you have to make sure you know where he's at. Um, and, and that really frees up a lot of ice for a lot of their kind of shifty young stars, um, whether it be, you know, Gallagher or uh, Galchenyuk. Um, I mean, looking at their, their their roster, I mean, they're young, they're quick. And I think, I mean, they added Alexander Stemmen, who, you know, obviously I think is, was, was one of Carolina's kind of downfalls, finding him for as much as they did, that, you know, that, that kind of tied them up for them to get better. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see how he kind of comes out because um, really since he left Washington, I mean, he really hasn't done anything, um, not being alongside Ovechkin. Um, so, I mean, he he could, you know, he, he has a tremendous upside where he could break out. Um, but, I mean, just looking at their roster and, I mean, looking at their, their back end, I mean, you have Subban, you have Alexei Amelin, who I was really kind of hoping that Columbus would be able to trade for. Um, that didn't work out. Uh, so he stays in Montreal. You have Markov. I mean, Montreal, I think, and I mean, then, then, I mean, how am I not mentioning this? And they're Terry Price, of all people. So not only do you have a fantastic defensive core and, you know, a, a group that can score, and then you have Terry Price, you know, one of the best, if not the best goaltender in the league right now. And um, so, I mean, I, I think Montreal, I, I don't think that they're going to put up the same number that Tampa does. Um but I think Montreal is is, is definitely a, a shoe in for that second spot. Totally agree. Third, okay. Now this is where it's kind of uh, it's going to kind of separate now. Uh, third and fourth are the ones that are kind of. Uh, I mean, this is like I said, they're really going to separate themselves from the rest. Who do you have uh, in uh, in third in the Atlantic? The third, I actually have the Detroit Red Wings. Okay, there we go. I'm, with, I'm I'm kind of with you. I was kind of going between them and Boston, but I mean, I, I see where I see where you're going. I see where you're going with that one. Yeah, I uh, the only re- I mean I, I've learned being a Blue Jackets fan and a Blues fan before them. Uh, you, you don't you don't bet against the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I mean, at some point <laughs> their their reign is going to end uh, with the uh, 24, I think it is postseason run. But I just don't see it happening yet. Um, I, I, I think, you know, when Babcock left, when they lost Babcock, uh, they did the best thing that they could um, in bringing in Jeff Blashaw, or Blashill, uh just because, you know, they bring in a guy who was already in their farm system. Uh, and that's the thing I was kind of looking over the Red Wings, or Red Wings roster and watching some of their preseason games. They're very heavy on – a lot of their guys are getting up there. I mean, Zetterberg, um, you're looking at – uh, you know, they, they brought in Brad Richards, um, Pavel Datsuk, I mean, I mean you, you, Johan Franzen, I mean, you, Darren Helm. I mean, you're looking at these names and you're like, man, these guys have been in the league. I, th- I think I was playing, you know, NHL 01 on the PS2, and then these guys are in this game. Um, and, you know, looking at their their back end, I mean, you, you, you know, Nicholas Cronwall been in the game forever. Yeah, you, you know, Jonathan Erickson. I mean, they're not young. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing is either if injury doesn't kind of take over because, you know, Zetterberg kind of been in and out lately, same uh, Richards, I don't know exactly how much he's going to provide. Um, but I do think these guys are going to give an awesome 
kind of mentorship towards the younger guys. But then not only that, but then they bring in Jeff Lashell, who has been working with Grand Rapids. So you have, you know, not only is he, you know, he's proven himself winning the Caller Cup, that he can coach. And then now you're bringing up, you know, he's going to come up, he's going to take take over Babcock. He already has the pieces in place as far as a veteran. But now all the younger guys are already used to Blashell. He's, he knows exactly where to do them. And, and this is just another kind of point of how fantastically – I hate the Red Wings. I hate the Red Wings, as a Blue Jackets fan. <laughs> but the organization hey. is phenomenal. Hey, as that and, much and fan, it, I'm with you, man. I hate them, I hate them <laughs> as much as you do. Probably, Actually, I probably hate them more. I'm just going to lay it out there. But, I mean, you have to uh, – got to give them credit. Like you said, I mean, they're, it's, uh, they're impressive. I mean, and then, like, and just looking at, like, kind of how they piece this, like, like I, I like not really until I was really doing notes for the show um, that I really kind of look into kind of the history of Blash Hill and things like that. But then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is perfect. You know, like I said, they have literally, like, and that, that just seems like they're the ones who, I bet they could throw a puzzle, you know, like, have someone put a puzzle together for them and miss one piece and then give them, like, you know, a, a pile of, let's say, 100 pieces blindfold them and the Red Wings and, and 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 the Red Wings could still pick out that one piece that perfectly fit. Like it, it just no seems doubt. like they like they they're just that kind of well organized and well run. And this just, just seems like another kind of like the cycle I and mean, it just kinda of keeps rolling. Um you know you know the only question I really kinda of have at them is goalie. Um I mean you know what you're gonna get from the guys that have been on the team for forever, Avocator, Datsuk uh, all those guys. Um, Jimmy Howard, eh, kind of shaky. I mean, his numbers aren't crazy. You know, like, they're not crazy bad. They're not crazy good. Last four years, you know, it's a 2.79, 2.13 uh, twice, and 2.66 goals against. You know, roughly around the nine, 91% save percentage. So not crazy good, not crazy bad. Um you know, that'd be my only kind of question is is how is Jimmy Howard? And he also he also got hurt a couple of times, um, you know, over the last couple of seasons as well. Um, and then my biggest kind of curiosity with the Red Wings are is when are they going to give their young guys like Dylan Larkin and Tyler Batuzzi, who have been tearing up the preseason, like are they going to let them kind of jump in like right away? Are they going to give them – I do believe that they sent both of them back down to Grand Rapids um, but I mean, you're going to bring up these 19 year old kids that are phenomenal. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious to see on when the Red Wings kind of start making that transition over and when they start, start giving, uh, them, um, playing time and getting them in the lineup. But yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to be 25 years of playoffs and, and they'll be in it again. I, I don't see them causing a whole lot of commotion, um, in the playoffs. Um, I think they're, they'll probably get paired up with, you know, someone like the Islanders, someone like the Blue Jackets. Um, and I think that the kind of younger, more tenacious teams um, will kind of will be able to knock them out fairly easily. But I think it'll be 25 years for them. Yeah, I mean, if I mean injuries are going to be key for that team. If they can stay healthy, they'll make some noise. Um, it'll make some noise in the aspect of they'll they'll make the playoffs. But you know, a couple of injuries here and there that could be that could spell the end of that of that reign. But let's uh, get. That's gonna be an interesting one because I know a lot of people are really they're 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 definitely looking into that and see what's uh, what's gonna go on. So you got uh, fourth in the Atlantic now. Uh, did you have them at three as well, or did you have someone else? I had them at three. 
I was going. Oh, yeah. I was going between them and Boston. So I assume Boston is four for you. Yeah. All right. I actually have the Senators, but we can we can give Boston a, a quick rundown if you like. Oh yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I the Senators. I know that they. I I just don't see them doing what they did last year. Uh, I just I, I'm just I'm not sold on them quite yet. Let's go with that. That's the best way to put it. I'm just not quite sold on them. Yeah, and, and that was actually kind of in, in my notes um, the exact same thing. I definitely do not think that they're going to have that magical run that they had at the end of last season. Um, I, I feel like Hammond was kind of exposed a little bit um, in the playoffs. Um, it was kind of, not, I don't want to say like overmatched, but I. I don't know if it was like nerves or, or, or what it was, but it just wasn't the same as that run to the playoffs. Um, and then uh, and I, I think there's still, I mean, even during the playoffs, there's a bit of a, not goalie controversy, but I mean, kind of flipping back and forth between Craig Anderson and, and Hammond. Um, and, and really from what I've heard so far coming out of their camps, I, I haven't really necessarily heard who they're going to actually go with this year. Um, I do know Hammond ended up getting hurt in preseason. I want to say he's out. Uh, I believe it was groin. I think he's out for, I want to say, like two to four weeks, I want to say, is what I heard on the NHL uh, Network this morning. Um, so, obviously, probably Anderson's going to get the nod for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, looking over looking over the roster, it, nothing really jumps out at me as far as, yeah, you know, going to go crazy this year. Um, Bobby Ryan's still a huge question mark, I think, for this team. I mean, they gave up a little bit to get him. Um, and, you know, and he has had two seasons, 48 and 54 points. Um, I mean, not not crazy. I, I know he's been hurt here and there. Um, but I don't think that's what they expected getting him. Uh, I think when, you know, they're expecting more of a 60, 70 kind of point guy. Um, so I, I don't know, like, you know, if they have Chris Neal, I mean, Obviously, you know, he's not going to really do anything offensively. I I just don't see the offense being there. Um, and then defensively, I, I think that – I mean, they have Eric Carlson. Um, he, you know, anytime you have him, you have a chance to win. I mean, he's the type of guy that's going to, you know, start behind your own net, make eight guys miss, and, and, and still put a top shelf. Uh, so, I mean, he, he you know, he's good for, for quite a few points. Um I, I, I just don't see, and actually now that I really kind of analyzed it, I don't even know if I, if I would have put them as high as I did it for, but the damage is done. <laughs> well, I mean, you can always change it. I mean, who would you go with? Uh, who would you go ahead of them then? Uh, that would be the, that would be the Bruins then. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was okay. kind of flipping back and forth, and forth between them. Um, Boston, in my mind, is kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, looking, at their, looking at their roster, you know, they're super asked. Um, obviously a very solid goalie. Uh, he, you know, last season, 2.3 goals against, uh, 9.22 save average. Um, you look at, you know, their offensive, it, it, it obviously goes through mostly Patrice Bergeron, who's a phenomenal player. Um, you know, you have David Krejci, you have Max Talbot, um, Louis Erickson. I, I mean, they have some really good players. Um, I just, Brad Marchand, obviously. But like I, I feel like they lost something after their cup win, after their cup run. Like and they just never seem to be able to. I don't know if it's maybe because when they ended up they ended up losing Horton, they ended up like Thomas ended up leaving, and that kind of created kind of a circus or a media circus type thing. But something just hasn't. Even though they made the playoffs and had runs, 
Like, it, it, something just doesn't seem like it's there for them. Um, and I and I don't really see it, like, kind of coming back. I can't put exactly put my finger on it. Um, you know, and Charo's getting older, um, you know, already already nicked up in the preseason. So I, I think, I don't know, I just I just don't expect them to have a huge year this year either. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you're, I mean, we're kind of in the same boat. I mean, like I said, the the Atlantic's pretty top heavy. But who do you have now at six? Uh, six, I actually have. It's going to end up being the Leafs. Same here. Same here. I think, and I think, then uh, I know. If, I was going to say, I think any, the acquisition uh, of um, they, they've just the Leafs have so many things going going on right now. Uh, that they're really, I mean, they're bringing in a lot of guys and a lot of, just a lot of people overall who are really going to turn this uh, this franchise around. I've got a really good feeling about that. May take a year or so, and that's another thing we've talked about was, um, you know, getting Babcock was just, I mean, it was huge for that franchise. Oh, you got Brandon Shanahan, Luba Morello. I mean, they're real, they're, they've got it going right now up in Toronto, but, uh, it, it's a matter of time, but I, I think this year they're going to really struggle to uh, to get out of the, you know, or to even make it into the playoffs. But um, I know, you know, seven and eight. I wonder if they're going to be in the same. If you if you're going to have the same uh, same two, I do. I've got Buffalo at seven. What about you? That's exactly what I have as well. Yeah, I said we're actually a lot more than I think we we think here. Then obviously Florida. I know our good friend uh, Kirk Metzler. I know, um, you know, if you guys have also, you know, listened to any of the combat sports shows, you know Kirk Metzler. He's uh, he's um, he's not one to you, you can't forget him. Let's put it that way. So his beloved Florida Panthers are, you know, it's not looking good for him. Let's put it that way. They got yeah, talent. I think, I think I'm not going to say they, they got talent. They do. Um, it, well, when I was actually looking over, like kind of looking at them, they. It's it's a weird mix of players. It's almost like a, uh, with obviously the exception of Aaron Eckblatt and Jonathan Hoberdeau, uh, it's almost kind of a, um, it's almost like they went into like a Walmart, went to the like four ninety nine DVD bin and just grabbed a bunch of players. Um, like <laughs> <laughs> it, like it's like literally what it looks like because I mean like they obviously have the Army Yarder, who you know is forty three years old. Still push, you know, still playing, still pushing. Uh, but then you have, you know, obviously, you know, they're 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 two high draft picks and Huberto and Xblad are gonna be phenomenal players. And I honestly think that they'll be able to build around those two players over the next, you know, five seasons or so. Um, yeah. But I mean, just kind of looking at it, I mean, you have like, you know, Derek McKenzie, phenomenal, uh, you know, kind of gritty, uh, workhorse type guy. And then, but then you have like Riley Smith. Then you have, I mean, Sean Thornton, another kind of. Like, it doesn't seem like there's like a whole lot of flow. It's, it's like you know, okay, we have this phenomenal score, but then we don't really have anybody to compliment him. We just kind of have an okay third line kind of grinder guy. Like, and then you know, then we have like you know, uh, and nothing against Jogger, he's still a phenomenal player, but you know, he's he's well past his prime. And it almost seems like okay, like we have him to sell t or sell t-shirts and jerseys. And same with Longo. I mean, Longo. Love him, or, love him or hate him, he's a good goalie. But, I mean, the guy brings kind of controversy wherever he goes. Um, and, and, I mean, not, it doesn't seem like it's as much in Florida. It could be because no one covers Florida because, honestly, who cares? 
uh, you know, other than the, the 15 <laughs> fans I get at Florida. Um, but, you know, like, is Luongo, like, really kind of helping this team, or is he just, you know, collecting a paycheck at this point? Um, yeah, I just don't think Florida is really in a – it just seems like their, their roster just seems weird to me. Um, like there's not a whole lot of thought in it. It's just kind of a collection of players they could get, I don't know, either cheap or kind of at the end of their careers um, is kind of is kind of how I view them. Um, now, Buffalo, I think, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. I think that they're just way too young at this point. Um, I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to turn some heads. Um, Bilesma is obviously uh, just one hell of a coach. Um, and then yep. you, know, you look at the roster, I mean, it's really good. Um, you know, you have Tyler Ennis, you have – you have uh, Gergenson, you have um, obviously Eichel now. They got Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I mean, and then the nice thing is they brought in like older guys um, like Brian Gianta. You have, uh, they brought in David Leguan. Um I mean, they brought in, you know, they, Cody Franz and uh, they have Evander Kane. Or, uh, Robin. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, have, I forget that one. Evander Kane. I mean, they brought in, like, these older guys to kind of show these younger guys the ropes. And I really think that that's kind of a sign that Buffalo knows what they're trying to do. And they know they're not – I mean, they're going to try to be competitive this year. But I think that's a clear sign that they're like, hey, you know, like, Leguan and, and, you know, may not give us a ton of points, but he's going to be able to show Eichel. He's going to be able to show O'Reilly. He's going to be able to show Kane maybe the ropes a little bit and get these kids really um, – kind of in the right frame of mind for when, you know, the next two or three years when Buffalo is the top of our um, Atlantic pick. Um, and, and so I really I really have faith in um, in what Buffalo is doing. I just don't think it's going to be this year that they're going to really make that leap. I'm with you. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a great, great assessment. Uh, well, that wraps up the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, we're going to touch on our playoff picks here in a little bit, but um, let's shift our let's shift over to the, the West. Um, do you want to hit the, the Pacific or the Central first? I think the – well, let's hit the Central just because I, that's going to be more of the talking point than, uh, than, uh, you know, than the Pacific. But Central by far is just an absolute – just a unique grinder of a division. I mean, it is un – Believable how difficult this division is. I mean, you've got Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg, all from that division, and all are going to be battling for, you know, the top three. But obviously, you know, it's not going to happen. So you're fighting for two wild card spots. <laughs> oh my gosh! When you look at it, there's two teams out of that. You know, if all five make the playoffs, or five of them, yep. five of them make the playoffs, there's going to be two that aren't going to make it. That's insane in yep. that division. It's and just that's actually like a meat grinder. Yep, and that's actually how I have this division set up is uh it's gonna be the top three and then both the four and five spot will will make the wild card. Um but, yeah, that's, this is by far the thinking. the the absolute best division in hockey. I mean like the Metro is phenomenal. Um but like it does kind of drop off there at the end, but really the central it's it, it really doesn't drop off. I mean, I know the Aspen Jets are a little bit younger than, than the other guys. But, I mean, there's really not that much of a, a jump between these teams. No, and actually, if you look at any, like, um, preseason, like, prognostication, I mean, everyone's picking Colorado out of it, but 
They're a team that, I mean, honestly, well, I'll get to Colorado here. Let's just put it that way. Who do you have as the, the class of the Central? Uh, that would be the Nashville Predators. Ah, I know. I know. Eric, <laughs> if you're listening, man, now would be the perfect time to call in. I know you are I know you were checking out high school football, but we're getting ready to uh, talk about your Predators, my friend. So, I mean, if the number's out there, I mean, if you want to, you know, go ahead and call in, you're more welcome to. But, yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. I mean, it, Nashville is uh, – they're, they're loaded. I hate to say it just because of all the grief we gave Kirk last year, but they're they're loaded. It's just – it's plain and simple. Well, they were a good team last year. And, I mean, and you know, a break or two here in that Chicago series, and you could very easily be talking – I still think Anaheim probably would have taken care of Nashville in the conference finals. But, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, Nashville would have had a much deeper run than what they had, you know, a couple breaks here and there or a correct offside call called on Kane. But we'll get to that when we talk about challenges and all that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, you look at this roster, and, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like I said, they were good last year. I mean, they got, you know, Mike, they had the veterans, Mike Fisher. They got James Neal, um, Derek Nystrom, uh, Mike Ribeiro. I mean, they are – they're almost like – I didn't really realize it until really looking at the roster. I mean, they're more – I mean, granted, that was some fantastic young guys and Seth Jones um, and Philip Forsberg. But, I mean, you really look at it, and a lot of these guys are are, are well-run veterans um, who are really going to be able to push this team. And, and I really feel like, you know, know how to play playoff hockey, and I think they're going to have a huge year this year. Um, you know, and then then you have the six five beast and that Pekarene. So I mean, I really think Nashville is going to have a phenomenal um, season this year. Uh, and honestly, I, I honestly think they could probably put or uh, or push for a Presidents Cup this year. Um, I mean, there were there were streaks last year, um, you know, around November, December, January, where they were the best team in the NHL. Um, you know, they slid off a little bit there towards the end. Um, I don't know if it was maybe getting tired. Um, I, injuries didn't really seem like it was too big of a deal for them up until, uh, you know, losing Weber in the uh, playoff series. Um, but, you know, I, I really think that they're going to have an extremely strong year this year. I would, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. They are, they are, they're loaded. They are the, they're definitely going to be the class of the, of that division. That's saying something with, uh, you know, with the teams that are in it. Okay. Number two, who you got uh, finishing second in a bit? Uh, that I actually had the Blackhawks. I, uh, I, I, yeah, they, you know, looking at them, um, uh, part of me really wanted to put them lower. Uh, they lost a lot this or during this off season. Um, I mean, they lost Brad Richards, uh, Brendan Saad, obviously. Uh, they lost Patrick Sharp. They lost Christopher Steed. They lost Johnny Adulia. They lost Timonen. Um, the whole Patrick Kane situation is still kind of up in the air. I mean, obviously he's with the team. Um, I expect him to be playing all throughout this. Um, but, you, you know, like, they lost a lot. And, and granted, it's all because of cap space. I mean, when you have Taze, Kane, um, you know, Corey Crawford, you have Duncan Keith, you have Seabrook. I mean, you, you have to make cuts somewhere. Um, the, you know, and especially right after you win the cup, Hosta, I mean, it's, Take a lot of cap space. You had to make cuts, and obviously, um, you, you know they did what they had to do. And you know, and, and even today with uh, waving Bickle, um, you, you know, and sending Marco Dano down to the AHL, it, it's kind of like, 
what exactly is this team doing? Um, but I've also learned never to bet against, much like the Red Wings, don't bet against the Blackhawks. Um, they still have Kane. They still have Hosa. They still have Taze. They're going to get it done. Um, do I think that it's going to be as easy as it was last year? Um, no. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to have the same playoff run that they did last year um, just because they, I, I, I do feel like they lost a lot of key pieces um, the, you know, I think Saad was a was a huge loss for them. You know, they, granted, they did get Artem, Artem and Nisimov in the trade with Columbus, um, and they did get Margardana, which which really strikes me strange because I think you know you give up Saad. I think a lot of people in Chicago thought, okay, you know, we give up Saad. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination, 22, but you know, you bring in Margardano, and it's like, okay, you know, we're just gonna kind of plug him in. Um, you know, and he started the preseason off on the top line with Hosa and Taze. Um, and, and from all reports I read, phenomenal. They, they thought he was doing fantastic. So that kind of strikes me a little bit weird that they uh, sent him down to the AHL uh, this morning. But, you know, they obviously know what they're doing, three cups or three cups in six years. Uh, so they're, they're doing something right there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think like... that they're going to have a good year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the same type of year that they're uh, used to and at the tops of the Central. I think that I think the Predators still have them beat. I know. Part of me, like, yeah, I, I was with you, man. Part of me was, like, wanting to put put them lower. But, I mean, it is. It's just something about them. They just seem to get it done, you know, when it matters most, and they always find a way to get in. So, they're a tough one. To, I mean, they did. They lost a lot, but they're always that team that you, know, you never know. So yep. he got he got third. This is where, like I said, you know, from one to seven in this division, you can easily. I mean, any one of them that could finish two, you know, from two to seven. That's just the way this division is. I think Nashville is clear cut of the the best team, but you know, from two to seven, it can be anyone. Who do you have? Uh, who do you have sitting at number three? This is actually kind of I think my uh, strangest pick I did. Um, and I went back and forth a lot, a lot, but I actually had the Dallas Stars on the third, at the third spot. Okay, um, I got Minnesota. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this like you said, this is like the, the I thought the hardest one to kind of look at. Um, the reason I kind of went with the Stars was they were my team, honestly, last year where I thought they were just gonna run the table, um, surprise everyone. I mean. Between having Jamie Benn, um, you know, you look at this roster, you have Ben, you have Patrick Eves, you have Alice Hensky, you have, um, you know, Tyler Sagan, they just got Patrick Sharp, Jason Spezza, you know, in defense, you have Jamie Benn, or Jordy Benn, sorry, uh, and they, they picked up Johnny Adulia, you have Carrie, Terry Lettman, uh, and Anthony Nemi in net. I mean, on paper, Honestly, I think this is one of the best, if not the best team in the NHL. Um, Their top to bottom defense, offense, goaltending, they are freaking stacked. Um, yeah. It just depends. I think I mean, they, they ended up getting Travis Mullen. They have Curtis McKenzie. I mean, Miami kid. Um, I, they're just unbelievable on paper. And I went with them last year, and I'm going to try it again this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I got it was tough for me to go between them and um, them and Minnesota, but I, Dallas is. I mean, they're like it's just goaltending. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, again, this division is so tough. I hate talking about it, but I love it because 
my avalanche are in it, but it's just oh, it's so difficult to uh, to pick. And you know, the more I look at it, you know, and the more I talk about it, I've changed my picks already a couple times. Like I, it, it's tough, but I've I've got them pretty much laid out, but <laughs> it's difficult. So, well, since you got Dallas at three, who do you have at four? Uh, four, I actually have the St. Louis Blues. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's I mean, they're another team that, you know, <laughs> they could be anywhere. Right, and 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 they have a couple questions. Um, I, I think as well. I think their defensive lineup uh, is pretty well uh, composed. Um, you know, between Kevin Shattenkirk, um, you have Jay Bowmeister, uh, Alex or Petrangelo. Uh, for me, like their question is goaltending, um, and then up front. Um, you know, they did lose T.J. Oshie, but, you know, um, uh, they can't think they did they gain Troy Brower in that uh, in that exchange. So, I mean, they, they have guys who can score. Um, I know with Ken Hitchcock, uh, that's not really his M.O. His M.O. is, you know, score one and try to win the game one nothing. Um, and I think that's kind of the way their team is built. Um, so I, I think they'll have another successful season. Um, I think their defense, their blue line's strong enough. Um, and I think their goaltending, you know, with Brian Elliott, um, can get it done. Um, uh, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sleep on them. I just think that they're more of a wild, wild card team and could possibly give, you know, a higher seed team a good run. Um, but you know, the last couple of years, they, you know, they, they, they almost won the President's Trophy and then out the first round. They just something happens, you know. They they have a phenomenal regular season, and then you just can't do anything in the playoffs. Now, granted, they've you know met Chicago. I think what the last three years they've been knocked out by Chicago. Um, so I mean, or the I think wow, I can't remember last year. Um, so I mean, they, they've run into Cup winners. It's not like they're getting knocked out by you know like teams that are going out the next round. But it just seems like they just can't get it done in the playoffs. Well, the Western conferences, that's just like, you know, we always say the Western is, is by far the best. So, you know, anytime you get knocked out in the Western conference playoffs, it's, you know, it's tough. It's always a tough pull to swallow losing a game in the playoffs. But, you know, anytime you lose in the playoffs to a Western conference team, it is what it is. I mean, I just, I, it's, like I said, this is the central is the toughest one. I mean, by far. So, who do you have? Uh, who do you have fit? I would take it you probably have uh, Minnesota then fit. I do, yes. Okay, okay. What about? Okay, something <laughs> tells me you've got Winnipeg six and then Colorado seven. I do not. I actually have it the other way around. Oh, damn! All right, so you got Colorado and and, and six. All right. I That's do. I, how I, I think. Finishing. Yeah, I, I, as, as much as out of respect for you, I wanted to get them in the playoffs. I, I just, <laughs> I really feel like, like I think they're one year away, and I, and I know that's kind of the trendy pick on most of the sports shows and things like that. Is you know, just one more year. Um, but like really looking at the roster, I think that's that's pretty much how it is. Um, uh, kind of like, like looks like a house going to set up. I think if they were in any other division other than the Central, um, I think they'd have a much better shot. But, I mean, the team in the center is so good. Um, I just think uh, the Avalanche are going to have a, a tough time cracking that, uh, you know, one of the top – I mean, 
I, I think that top, one of the top three is completely out of the question, but I think that they're going to have trouble getting into the, the two wild card spots as well. Uh, but I, I like what they're doing hey. there. I mean, you know, they, they, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll take you back off of what you're going with. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I, I like what they're doing. Um, you, you know, obviously they, they have a, a fantastic group of, of young uh, forwards, you know, and Duchesne. Um, Nathan McKinnon obviously is is a, a force to be reckoned with. You have Landis Cog. Um, you know, they bring in Ali, you know, they have Alex Pangay, they bring in Blake Como. Um, you know, obviously Jerome McGinnell is still there. Um, you know, I think they have enough kind of veterans that are going to kind of lead the, uh, the young guys as well. Um, you, you know, defense is kind of aging a little bit, I think. Yeah, you know, you got some older guys like Brad Stewart, um, Francois Beauchemin still, still kicking for them. You have Eric Johnson. Um, you know, and obviously your your goalie in Barlamov is also a very just solid just solid goalie. Um, but you know, I, I see you know I kind of see Iginla. You know, I don't know if he's really going to help them a whole lot other than to get the young guys ready, kind of like a Buffalo type situation. Um, but you know, and, and but I definitely see like Landis Clog, uh, McKinnon, and all of them just taking another step. And, and I really think that within the next year or two, they'll probably be pushing for one of the top three spots in the in the central division. Yeah, it's it's very true, but if you look at some of the moves that the Avalanche made, uh they brought in Carl Soderberg uh from Boston. Uh that was on draft day. Um and and then, you know, I was seeing the Ryan O'Reilly Ryan O'Reilly deal. I'll try and say that one quick. Um <laughs> you know, where they also sent Jamie McGinn to Buffalo. But they got um massive defensemen in Nikita Zadorov who uh, not a lot of people because he played for Buffalo, so not a lot of people really know too much about him. The guy's massive. He's like six six, like two twenty. The guy's a massive, massive on skates. Um, he adds a lot to that defensive pair, and he'll probably you know, he'll be back there. Um, obviously, you have you know he'll probably be in there with. Um, uh, well, I don't know exactly how they're going to pair him because Francois Beauchemin's going to be on the back with Eric Johnson. Um, you, you know they've you know bringing in Francois Beauchemin was I mean. That was on July 1st, so as soon as the the uh, free agency period started, boom, they signed Boshin. That's a huge get for him, um, I, I think. And they also brought in, like you mentioned, Blake Como as well. They also signed him. That was, you know, that was another big um, another big addition. They, they ended up getting Brandon Gormley, uh, prospect who's, you know, he's solid as well. Um, Nathan McKinnon, who was, came off of a, a year last year where he struggled mightily, um, is that sophomore slump. If he can return to what he was two years ago, uh, this is going to be, I mean, just a phenomenal team. Obviously with, uh, you know, Barlamov, you know, you're looking at a lot of good stuff. I think that, um, you know, Tyson Berry, who is becoming one of the top, he, he's rapidly rising up as one of the better defensemen in the league. Um, so, you know, hockey fans who really don't follow Colorado as much, uh, Tyson Berry, this kid's good. I'm telling you, he's he's one of those guys that, uh, he's really going to, uh, you know, he'll he'll grab your attention. Um, see, next year, I mean, you've got – this is a big season for Colorado because, um, you know, you have some pending free agents. Uh, Tyson Berry and Nathan McKinnon are restricted free agents next year. Uh, Alex Tangay, who, I mean, Alex Tangay was one of my favorite players during the 2001 Cup run. Uh, we know he scored a couple goals in the in Game 7. Uh, actually, he got the game winner in Game Seven, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals in 01. But uh, he's going to be unrestricted. There's a lot of um, 
you know, there's a lot that can be done with this Colorado team. Are they going to be the team that surprised people two years ago, or are they going to be the team that was underwhelming last year and, and didn't quite make it? So it's going to be which one. I mean, obviously they didn't have a lot of injuries last year. Uh, Barlamov did miss some time. Um, but you still got you, I mean, you still got a ton of talent. I love Patrick Wall. So I, they're building something in Colorado. I mean, uh, Sackick, you know, he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, and same with Waz, you know, the vice president of operations, and obviously along with the head coach. And, you know, a lot of it's really, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be um, going to be coming up, especially in February when the outdoor game, when they host uh, the Detroit Red Wings on the stadium series. You know, there's a lot of excitement going on for that, especially in Colorado now. Uh, it's uh, it's a good time to be an Avalanche fan. I've got a feeling that, like I said, I picked them sixth um, to miss it, but then I'm not gonna lie. As soon as I post um, post our our picks on the on the blog uh, here in the next you know couple of days, it's probably gonna change. I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't. <laughs> the Central, like we like we talked, man. The Central's the toughest one to to pick, but um, you know it's you know obviously me being a, a diehard Avalanche fan. Um, I, I want them to do so well and uh, and kind of get back to uh, the good old glory days. But, you know, it can definitely happen. But, you know, I, I just see the Central being tough. But if they can get if they can get McKinnon coming back to what he was previously, uh, you, you get that, you know, you get solid goaltending from uh, from Barley. I mean, it's going to be, you know, it, it, things are going to be looking up in, in the Mile High City. But it's going to be interesting regardless because Colorado can definitely push for um, – the top five in that division, which, like, you know, we discussed is going to be where your playoff picks come from. But, um, so, you know, in Colorado, it's going to be interesting. Um, so, you know, transitioning on to uh, seventh, I would imagine you got the Winnipeg Jets. Am I wrong? Yeah. That's the only I, team you got left. <laughs> yep. I, I just, you know, like, I, I love the run that they had last year. Um, yeah, I, I don't really feel that they got any better than last year, and I feel like a lot of the teams in the Central did. Um, and, and as much as I would love to for the city of Winnipeg to to be able to celebrate another playoff run, or you know, not really run, I mean they got swept by by the Ducks, but you know, like just being able to celebrate the game, uh, I love to see them do well. I just I just don't see it happening, um, unfortunately, this year with, with how stacked uh, the Central is. Like I said, if, if they were in any other division, I think that they would they compete much better. I think that they, um, you know, if they were in the East even, like, you know, being able to jump over quite a few of the, the teams like the Flyers, Hurricanes, Devils, and all them, like, no way would they be in last place in uh, one of those divisions. But just the Central, it, it's, it's too tough, and, and I just don't see them – Having a team to to make to really compete. Totally agree. Well, let's uh, shift over to the final division in uh, in hockey, the Pacific Division. Um, obviously, you know I, I'm going to have to I'm going to you know go out on a limb here and say that you probably have Anaheim as uh, your number one <laughs> uh, team in that division. That would be correct. <laughs> I mean, let's just, yeah, that's that that was a tough that was a tough one to pick. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about Anaheim, man, they're just fantastic. I mean, the players that they have, I mean, the leadership they get from Gutsloss and and Corey Perry, I mean, you just can't you just can't count against them. Um, you know, and and 
And it was kind of funny looking over when I was doing the notes for the show. I kind of noticed them like they're almost like Vancouver's Florida. It's so like all their players, you know, once they're done with Vancouver, they go down to Anaheim and actually compete. <laughs> um, a little shot of Vancouver there. But, uh, you, you know, you look, cause they, they ended up picking Kevin Bieksa on a blue line um, this year from Vancouver. You know, they got Ryan Kessler um, as their phenomenal second line center. Um, it, it's funny, like, Anaheim just baffles me because they're such a good team and they get so far in the playoffs like like when we when we were watching the Winnipeg uh Anaheim series and I mean Anaheim as much as I was pulling for Winnipeg I'm sitting there I'm like man Anaheim's just phenomenal and then, you know then they run into Chicago and 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 like you know like any NHL playoff series I mean a couple bounces here or there and it's a completely different series but I mean Anaheim they just dominate, and then you know, then all of a sudden, like something in the playoffs, just something switches, and they're just not able to do it. Um, you know, they're big, they're fast, they're. I mean, it's California hockey. I mean, you to be able to be one of those three in San Jose, L.A., or Anaheim. I, I mean, it's murder's row out there. Um, and then they're definitely out of those three. I think the the best one. No doubt. Who do you have? Who do you have number two? Uh, two, I actually have San Jose uh, kind of returning to uh, what they were. I, I feel like last year uh, there was a lot of drama between McClellan and, you know, ripping Thornton, ripping the sea away from Thornton. Um, I, I just feel like there's a lot of turmoil. I think he lost the room fairly early. Um, and the funny thing was, yeah. I don't actually have the stat in front of me, but they actually had a fairly good season, even though they obviously missed the playoffs. Uh, but they did have a terrible season with everything that went on. Um, you know, I think that they're going to have a huge bounce back. I think that Thornton will, will get everything back together. Um, really, the only thing is goaltending. Um, seems to be kind of a common theme with a lot of these teams. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of curious about is the playoffs when they get there. Um, it, it seems like, you know, San Jose is like, almost like St. Louis where they have phenomenal regular seasons but then can't stop anything in the playoffs. Um, and I was kind of looking at, you know, looking back at the L.A. San Jose series two years ago when um, L.A. actually came back from a 3-0 deficit to beat San Jose. It was kind of interesting because any time that San Jose scored, like game one was 3-6 San Jose, uh, game two was 2-7, uh, game three was 4-3. So any time that San Jose scored more than three goals, they were able to win. Um, and, I, and I think that this kind of contributed to goaltending and kind of some of the issues that they've had in defense as well. Um, you know, in the next three games, they were only 3-6 L.A., 3-0 L.A., 4-1 L.A., and then 5-1 L.A. So, it, it, to me, it almost seems like my question is our defense and goaltending. Um, that was uh, Brent Burns, uh, who, who's, uh, who's kind of coming into his own. But, you, you know, they have uh, Velocic and a couple other guys. But it would be really interesting to see um, kind of how they handle their defense this year. Maybe, like, okay, now, because obviously this is going to be the final playoff spot most likely for uh, that division. Who do you have uh, who do you have squeaking in at number three there in the uh, Pacific? I have L.A. I think that they will yep. once again, I think they will do about the same and, and have a nice bounce back. They've been on that run of where they, they either do, you know, phenomenal and they they struggle, a phenomenal struggle, phenomenal struggle. Um, so I, I know I was kind of with you on that one. I've, 
they were a tough one to kind of pick because then, because to me, honestly, outside of um, Arizona, you know, being probably one of the worst teams in the league, period, um, you know, it was tough to even really pick really from three to six in this division. But I had, I just feel that LA just, I mean, I just think they're, they've, they've got a lot of talent. I think they got rid of the crap that was in that locker room as well. That I was kind of poisoning, um, you know, every now and then, because you know when they're winning, you know, everything's fine when you're winning. But then when you're not, that it tends to uh, rear its ugly head. And I think that's what happened last year. So I think that they took care of that, um, you know, to the point to where I, I think you're going to see them bounce back as well. Yeah, and really the only piece that they really added was bringing, uh, you know, getting uh, Milan Lucic. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a huge Lutis fan, but I, I think in that kind of system he'll fit well. Um, you know, being out in one of those California teams, big body, and, you know, not afraid to, uh, to you know, go in front of the net. Um, uh, so I, I think he's going to fit in real well with their system. Um, you know, obviously a Jonathan Quick, who can either be the best or the worst goalie in the world, uh, all in the exact same game. Uh <laughs> So you know, depending on on how how involved uh, how focused he is throughout the season, which I expect him to be pretty focused, um, I think that they, uh, they they definitely have a bounce back year this year. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, now the fourteen. This is where now the next the next three. I had I was kind of going back and forth because I got the three Canadian teams out there. Um, I'm going with Calgary. What about you? That's exactly what I have. Oh yeah, there we go. See now we're now we're in the same spot now. Okay, now do you have Vancouver or do you have Edmonton? I have Edmonton fifth. Same here. I, I just got Vancouver and I I just things don't look good there. I, I it's not what it it's not what it once was. Um, you know, they were they had a great run but they've lost some of their big guys and they're really the Sedin twins are really the you know, really what they have and that's and that's saying something. I mean, they, they do have talent. They got obviously better players than that. But I mean, it's just it's not what it was. And then obviously I've got Arizona, you know, bringing up the rear. But uh, you know, is there really anything else you have to really add for uh, uh, for the remaining uh, four or five teams? No, I'm kind of with you on Vancouver. I think uh, you know the Sabine Twins are really the really the only offensive. I, I guess the threat that they really have, and I mean they're 35 years old. They're they're I mean they're, they're still playing extremely well, but I just don't see them doing very well. Uh, Calgary, I actually think will have a fantastic season. Um, the only reason I think that they missed the playoffs is because LA and San Jose um, come back so hard as far as uh, really bouncing back. Um, you, you know, you look at their they have a fantastic team. You know, with with Hitler and and obviously Johnny Hockey. Um, I you know Jonas Hiller and that for them. I, I think they're going to have a good year. I just think that unfortunately, because San Jose and LA will be that much more determined that they'll bump them out. Um, and then I mean Edmonton, you kind of got to talk about them a little bit with uh, with the second coming of the hockey Jesus in Con- Connor McDavid. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I think that they're going to be uh, a phenomenal team. Um, I think that they're going to put up a lot of points this year. I don't. I don't. I think David's probably going to be in the seventy-point range. I, I know some people are saying he's going to challenge Crosby's one hundred and two. I think it was, 
but I just don't I, I don't necessarily see it. Um, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. I, I, I can't see it happening. Uh, 102, that's insane. I mean, that's 70 is a good uh, – that's a good solid range for him. I, I think anything more than that, then, you know, it's, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Well, and, and it also goes back to Crosby came in um, in the Eastern Conference at a time when the Eastern Conference really wasn't that great. Um, you know, like I, I feel like power power has switched a little bit more kind of even between the East and West. The West is still obviously the powerhouse, um, but I think there are a couple teams um, in the East that can really challenge the West uh, given, you know, a seven-game playoff series. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's going to be kind of uh, McDavid's kind of downfall is being in the West. Um, you know, he he's not a small kid, but, you know, 6'1", they haven't listed as 195. Um, so, I mean, he, he's a fairly good-sized kid, but I think, you know, like going up against guys like Getzloff and, you know, Drew Doughty, like guys like that, like he's just not going to have the opportunity um, of the open ice that he would in the East. Um, so I think maybe that's where kind of like the points fall off. I mean, you look at Edmonton. I mean, I know we, me and you have talked about this crazy, like, you know, a ton of how, how crazy it is, how good that they're probably going to be in the next, you know, three, I, I'd say two to three years. Um, you look at Everleigh, you have Taylor Hall, you have, um, you know, Connor McDavid, you have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you have Neil Yakupov. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how good that they're going to be. Um, you, you know, and Edmonton fans have all they've got to, like, anybody can say anything they want to them about the last couple of years and this year, all they have to do is just kind of point forward and be like, just wait, because it's going to happen. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty, you're probably talking, I mean, years of cups, not, not just one. I mean, I, I would say that they're probably going to be a, a force that, you know, what we'll we talking about for a long time. I would have to agree. If they can keep that, uh, they can keep everyone together, you know, during that time, you're going to see, you're going to see that team go on a run. And, you know, that's one thing that we keep discussing uh, at work about how, about how good this team can really be here in the future. So, you know, if you're an Edmonton fan, you know, hey, things are, uh, things aren't, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, in Edmonton and in, in the oil country, it's uh, you know you hang in there and take your lumps, and I guarantee you're going to reap the you're going to reap the rewards uh, you know here coming up here in the next couple of years. Well, with that being said, let's um try to make your you know let's not go into playoffs. Let's um let's make our Stanley Cup picks because uh, you know we only have. You know, we still got a little bit of time left, but you know, we have some other stuff we want to jump into. Kyle, give me your two, uh, give your Stanley Cup, uh, your Stanley Cup final matchup, and uh, who, who, uh, who's hoisting the cup at the end of it? All right. So in the East, I actually have in the conference finals, uh, I have Tampa and the Capitals. Um, I think that you know they're they're the two best teams coming out, um, and I think that you know they're two of the most um, playoff ready. Uh, both having, you know, a fairly good series last year. And I think, I don't know, I actually think that this is probably the Capitals' year. Um, so I'm going to say Capitals make it from the East. Um, West, I actually, they're probably going to kill me on this again. I'm going to say the Ducks. And I actually have them playing the Stars. Um, I just, something about, 
something about the stars just like screams that they're going to have a phenomenal year this year. Um, I, I think you, you know the, the, they're probably going to burn me on it again, but you know what? I'm, I'm going for it, um, and I'm going to say the Ducks. Uh, this is going to be their year, I think, with the the addition of uh, Bieksa um, and just kind of the sour taste of how last year ended. I think they're really going to be gunning um, this year, and, and I really think this is going to be the year they get it done. Um, and then, honestly, I think between those two, I'm going to say probably the Ducks win it all uh, this year. Um, kind of the same thing. I, I, I think that their brand of hockey uh, will will really give the Capitals fits, um, and I think that they'll win it in a six-game series. You got the exact same final I do. I have uh, well in the in the East I've got I have Washington and Columbus. I think Columbus is going to do something anytime. Even I think Bob's is going to uh, the talent there. Um, you know, Bob's is your backstop. I mean, you can't can't ask for too much there. Um, I got them facing Washington. I just think Washington. Uh, you know, for all the reasons we discussed earlier, uh, I think they get it done. Um, the it was tough for me in the Pacific or in the Pacific. Well, I got Anaheim. Anaheim's going to be the team I have coming out. Um, but in, in the, I've got them facing uh, Nashville. I think Nashville will get it done all the way to the uh, to the conference final. But then Anaheim, you know, again for all the reasons you mentioned, I got the Anaheim Washington Cup final with Anaheim winning as well. Uh, so we're you know we've got the exact same pick. It just seems like this year that the top teams are just it's really clear who the best teams truly are. So uh, it's going to be interesting, though, because, you know, obviously an injury here and there, and that could really change uh, – that could change everything for, you know, for everyone. So it will be uh, – you know, one thing's certain, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun this season to, uh, you know, to watch. And, uh, you know, we've we got some big events coming up this season. So, um, it, again, it's going to be – it'll be a lot, a lot of fun for, uh, you know, for everyone to uh, – Check out and watch. Uh, we got the Winter Classic. Um, it's going to be obviously, uh, you know, on New Year's Day. It's uh, Gillette Stadium. It's going to be the Montreal Canadiens taking on uh, the Boston Bruins. Uh, we have a total of three outdoor games: the Winter Classic and then two Stadium Series games. Uh, the first one's going to be uh, Chicago is going to travel up to Minnesota. So finally, Minnesota is getting an outdoor game. That's being played at TCF Bank Stadium, uh, and that's going to be on February 21st of 2016. Um, the other one is the one I've, I've got my eye on. Um, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be hosting the Detroit Red Wings at Coors Field on February 27th of 2016, so less than a week later. Uh, so, you know, within two months, within, uh, you know, January and February, you're going to have a total of three outdoor games. Um, finally, Colorado and Minnesota are getting their chance to host an outdoor game. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the 61st uh, NHL All-Star Game is going to be played at Nashville. Uh, it's going to be on ja- uh, January 31st of 2016 at Bridgestone Arena. So that's the you know that's the main stuff going on uh, this uh, you know this season. But uh, I, I know I know there's some uh, things that you kind of want to touch on, Kyle. Uh, I know uh, there was some you know there was some stuff that kind of kind of got you all kind of got you all giddy and everything like that uh, with some of the rule changes. So uh, have at it, man. You got, you know, you have your, here's your little podium, man. Do uh, to discuss <laughs> some stuff. 
Yeah, well, it, uh, it looks like uh, the NHL this year decided to uh, go with a three-on-three uh, overtime. That's, that's kind of the big, uh, you know, news out of the Board of Governors. And, uh, you know, like kind of watching the, uh, the preseason, it, it, it's until you like you, you hear three-on-three and you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, that's, that's not very many people out on the ice. Because, you know, you see four-on-four and it, you can tell it's a little bit less ice, or a little bit more ice than five on five, but it's not a really huge difference. But I'll tell you what, like until I actually watched the, like one of the you know, the preseason games that had the mandatory uh, three on three at the end of it, you don't realize how much ice there really is, um, and it's it's just it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, you get guys out there like Ovechkin. Um, you know, you need to give them that much time in a room. Um, you, you know, Crosby, any, any of the, I mean, really any of the, the star forwards. And it just seems like it's, um, in my personal opinion, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of uh, kind of negative feedback, calling it gimmicky, um, calling it, uh, you know, not true hockey. And, and, and kind of my response to that is, is you know, it, it's so much better than the shootout. Um, and I and I think there's you know a couple stats already where I want to say like like I think like 23 games that went to mandatory overtime and like 15 or 17 of them were uh, decided or decided by a goal in the three on three, which which I think is absolutely fantastic. I don't know what your opinion on the three on three is there, Chris. I love it. I think it's cool. I think it's a uh, you know if 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 your if your goal is to get is to get a winner. And, you know, with all the negative feedback from the, the shootout itself, um, two people thought that was all gimmicky. I was a fan of the shootout. I like it. Um, it's not it's not a fair way to to determine a winner in a game. Um, you know, because there could be a team out there who's, you know, who's going to dominate. And, you know, they're not going to, you know, get that win just because, you know, you got a guy – for example, like T.J. Oshie, who goes out there and, I mean, my God, he's a uh, he's a genius in the in the shootout. Uh, he's a wizard. So you know, it's just things like that that it, it kind of you know it's kind of not make it more fair, but it's a better way to to end a game. You're playing it out on the ice and not and not in a skills competition. Basically, I like it. I think it's a good idea. I, I really think you know once you see. Uh, you know, the amount of ice that is, like you said, how much ice is really out there, it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of people really, uh, I think it'll 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 explode pretty quick on, on how much people like it. Yeah, and that's always been like kind of one of my, like, I have, I have always been very anti the shootout, um, you know, kind of to put it in other terms, like MLB would never go to a home run derby uh, to settle a, you know, tie game in the night. Um, you know, and, and, and they get that hockey is one of, was really the only American sport, um, you know, one of the big four at the time that had ties. And, and I get kind of the NHL wanting to give the fans, you know, a sense of resolution at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, one, one of my biggest complaints with the shootout was always that, you, you know, like you, you used to, when it was a tie, they just split, you know, it would be two points, they'd split them 1-1. One, one. It was even in the standings. Um, one of my biggest complaints always about the shootout was they then went to a three-point system, but a three-point system only if it goes in overtime. So, you know, you have – if a game ends in regulation, 
is only worth two points. But then, you know, if the game goes into overtime, then it's worth somehow three. And, and that's always been, like, one of my huge complaints about kind of the the true standings weren't necessarily true because some games were worth three points, and then you have, you know, other games that are only worth two. And, you know, and, like, where the NCHC and some of the college, a lot, well, most of the college standing systems, what they do is they go to a three-point system. So, you know, regulation wins were three. So that way, you know, every, every – Every game is worth the exact same amount of points. Um, that's always been one big complaint of mine. Um, you, you know, is it, just kind of how they handle the shootout. Um, I'd much rather see the tie, to be honest with you. Uh, I think by going to the three-on-three, they're really going to alleviate a lot of that. Like I said, the stats are something crazy. Like the AHL went from when they when they implemented it a few years ago from like twenty-five percent of the games ended in the goal in four-on-four, and then like up to like seventy-seven percent. Like I mean, it's a massive jump. Um, and then, like, I, I don't know, like, the other thing is, I mean, they, it is this is hockey play. Like, you know, yes, it's three-on-three. Three. Yes, it could be considered somewhat gimmicky, but it is three-on-three. Three. Um, the only other thing I have, kind of a criticism on the NHL, is what I still don't understand is the whole reason that they're, you know, they're, they're going to the three-on-three three is because they want – they want to alleviate or basically take, you know, as few games as possible to the shootout. And my kind of question to the NHL is, why not get rid of the shootout then? I mean, like, if, you, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, sitting there, if you're sitting there and you're saying, like, you know, it's like someone who, 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 let's say, like, oh, every time I hate heartburn, every time I, you know, I drink milk, I get heartburn. It's like, well, if you don't want heartburn, why don't you just quit <laughs> drinking milk? It's the you know exactly. it, it really it really seems that simple. If you if you're if you if the the owners don't the owners don't like the shootout, the you know most of the most of the coaches and GMs don't like the shootout, or you know or like the way it's won on a skills competition. I mean that's perfectly fine in the All Star game. Like you know it's fun for the fans. Like you know everybody's standing, everybody it's exciting. But you mean and I guess like that's the thing. Like if you're not going to end. Uh, Stanley Cup Game Seven on a shootout. Why are you doing it in the regular season? And I get time constraints. You don't want you, you don't want Game Two of the regular season going six overtimes, and that's guys are getting injured, guys are getting tired. Like I understand that, but like at some point it's like, all right, you know, like maybe just a ten three a ten minute three on three overtime. Like it's not really gonna. I heard that argument on NHL radio the other day. They were like, well, it's gonna add too much time to the game, blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, if you make it ten minutes. The shootout's going to be another five, and by the time you know they come out, they clear the ice, blah blah blah. I mean, you're looking at fifteen. What if you just played another five minutes of three on three? Surely you're going to get a goal at some point. Um, I don't know. That, that's just my kind of criticism on the NHL and how they've handled uh, kind of the overtime. I miss the glory days of of you know a tie, and and but you know. Time's changed. We'll get used. I'm sure everybody will get used to the three on three, and then and then someone won't like that, and they'll go down to two on two or or something ridiculous <laughs> in the next ten years. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you, but I I think it'll, you know, once people actually start, you know, seeing it more, uh, you know, then it, it'll kick in and everyone will like it, and I, I it's just it's it's going to be exciting. There's, like you said, with all the ice out there, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think a lot of people, once they see the excitement and the open ice and what can be done, I, I think you know, people will kind of settle back in and, 
and uh, you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it'll take some time to get used to, and some people are very resistant to change. Um, so, but you know, other than that, I I, I think it's gonna be a good. It'll be fun. It, it's gonna be fine. There's, you know, it, it is what it is, and you know, people like I said, people will eventually get to uh, you know get to liking it. So, hey, yeah. what can what can you say? And then, yeah, really the only other thing that looked like they did change and I wanted to ask you about was the uh, coach's challenge. So, you know, uh, NHL, I guess, has decided to take a playbook out of NFL and MLB. So this year, for the first time ever, the coaches will actually be able to challenge um, plays. Now, it is limited looking at the kind of rules of it. Um, looks like it, the only two things that they're going to be allowed to challenge are goals that have a possible goalie interference call that was missed or an, a goal that was started by a possible offsides play. So this is really interesting to me because if you look at the uh, the rules, the one thing that really, really stands out, like I said, it's only limited to two things. So like, you know, they're not, they're not, you can't challenge a kicked in, a kicked in puck. I mean, all, most of that stuff's all replayed anyway. Um, yeah. But so you're looking at the thing that really kind of intrigues me is you have to have your timeout, and if you and no matter what, whether you win or lose, I believe if I'm reading this right, you lose the timeout. Uh, if you win, you may not. It may be like football. I I don't have it right in front of me. But if you do lose the challenge, you do lose your timeout. So this like the timeout in hockey is 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 crucial. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not football where you get you know three per half whatever. Um, you know, it's not baseball where you basically get unlimited <laughs> kind of times with the empire. Um, uh, and I don't know, that may not be true. I don't know baseball well enough to, to I'm, I'm talking just whatever now. <laughs> but uh, it's just what I see on TV. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, what's your thought on this? Like, to me, this seems like a very, very, very interesting um, kind of twist in, in what coaches can do. It adds. Uh, it, it's going to add a, a very intriguing aspect to the game because um, I think, really, honestly, I don't see there being an issue. To me, I don't understand why you really had to throw it in there. Um, I, I see the. I mean, the goal interference part. I mean, I can get that, but I mean, if goals are reviewed anyway, then what? I mean, I don't think you really need to have a challenge for it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, it could be, I don't know. It, it's tough because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm definitely on the fence with it. Um, I guess I'll just have to see how it plays out throughout the, you know, the first couple, uh, first couple months of the season. Um, because yeah, I mean, yeah, the first coach that, uh, you know, that goes for a challenge and says, you know, hey, I want, I want you know, check out this plan. They get it wrong, and the next thing you know, that not having that timeout, oh man! And I can just see them just exploding on that. But you know, it's it, it is going to be intriguing. It's going to it's not going to necessarily it's not going to change the way coaches handle the game anyway. Um, but I just I, I don't really see there really being a necessity for it. I just I, that's the part I'm kind of struggling with. Well, and, and I guess kind of looking at, like, where I kind of fall under um, isn't so much the goal interference because I look at goal interference as such a subjective um, kind of call. 
I don't yeah. really see how how you can win this. It's almost like pass interference in you know in football where it, it just depends on the camera angle. It depends on it, like there's so many factors. It depends on you know like I could have a completely different version of what I think pass interference or goal interference is than what you do than what you know uh, uh, you know any any referee in the NHL. Like it's not it's it's such a judgment call. The thing that I really think that this is going to be used on, and it actually happened in the Nashville-Chicago series, was there was an actual play where Patrick Kane was offside, you know, only by, only by you know, a couple inches, received the puck, and ended up scoring. That is where I think this is really going to become interesting and really the only time it's going to be used. I don't see, I don't see the goalie interference being used hardly at all, like I said, because it's way too subjective. But I do think... Yeah. You know, you get because that's what they do now. They they only the only thing that the NHL automatically reviews are high stick calls and you know like any sort of like you know kicked in, hit in with his hand like a hand, those types of things. They do not go back. You know, they're not allowed to. It's not in the rules to go back and make sure everybody was on on sides. So you know, you get a questionable breakaway pass, and now coaches are going to be able to say, "Wait a minute, we don't think that that was correct." Um, I think that's where that's going to be used. And, I mean, and I, and I do, and, you know, you see a couple times a year where they were clearly offsides, but, you know, these guys are going 25 miles an hour on ice. You know, the line yeah. judge is not going to get every one. Or it could even be, you know, power play. The, you know, puck comes up and, you know, right on that line. The defenseman stops it right on the edge of that line. Did it actually cross or didn't it? You know, then he, he fires a rocket and, and it beats the goalie. Um, I think that's more where you're going to see the actual challenges, but you know it, it does. Like you know, you you really have to be sure you're going to win this, or else you know you come you know all of a sudden your team ices it with two minutes left in the third period after you know being in your own end for 30 seconds. You can't rest those guys. I mean, they got to go straight down the ice and, and take an offensive or a defensive face off. Um, so I think this is going to be extremely interesting. I don't think it's going to be used hardly at all, um, unless it's uh, just blatant, uh, you know, clear cut off sides. I'll be very, I'll, I'll be very surprised uh, when it's used for the actual goalie interference calls or any sort of interference. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting. I think I, I, I would love to see the numbers at the end of this year to see how many times it was actually used and and what they got out of it. But uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's, uh, yeah, it, uh, this season overall is going to be. I mean, it's going to be one of the better uh, NHL seasons that you know, uh, you know, to watch. There's just you know so many different intriguing storylines. You know, new, you know, rule changes. And you got you know new players coming in. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you have you know the 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 aspect of. Um, you know, expansion now on the on the horizon here. I just want to quickly touch on that before we you know before we sign off here. But um, you know, the the expansion talk. Um, you know, both Las Vegas and uh, Quebec City. Um, you know, did kind of their presentation in front of the you know the board of governors uh, this past week uh, or earlier this week, I should say. Uh, it's it's looking right now. Uh, Darren Drager actually of PSN. Um, he, he wrote something basically saying that uh, kind of uh, looked like Bisky was, you know, for his sources, it would seem that, you know, if there's a, um, a 
a vote right now, um, both teams would make it in. I mean, both teams, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, put out a uh, an expansion fee of five hundred million dollars to even, you know, to really get this thing going. And you know, Quebec City, it's a it's a no brainer. Quebec was going to make it back in. Um, you know, that's the one. You know, that, that's the one team that was a no brainer. But uh, Vegas is the intriguing one. That's the. Um, I think that I I don't know how to feel about it. Um, could it work? Yeah. Actually, Colorado and, and L.A. are playing tomorrow night in uh, in, in Vegas in the, in the MGM Grand uh, Arena. So, but it, it's it's tough. Vegas is just a tough monster, and that's the thing. And I, I don't really know how to feel about it. Quebec City is, like I said, is an absolute no-brainer. Um, you know, when when the Nordiques left Quebec in you know in '95 and moved to Colorado, I mean it was it was tough, obviously for you know for the fans. But they, you know they stuck it out. I mean they they're one of the best fan bases in hockey, and then it's just and you push you have that rivalry with uh, with Montreal, which is just it's it's awesome. And um, you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what goes on, especially when they um, when they vote. Uh, it's it's you're looking probably in December, I would imagine, is, is kind of where it's looking to, you know, is when the vote's going to be um, for the the whole expansion and everything like that. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that because Gary Bettman wants to have, by 2017, 16 teams in each conference. Um, but, you know, with the expansion – aspect of it is the 17-15 split, which is going to be a problem. So, because you moved Columbus and Detroit back over to the Eastern Conference, um, and honestly, that saved the Columbus Blue Jackets franchise. Uh, I know, I I don't really, actually, it's something, Kyle, we really, we've never talked about, but, um, you know, with Columbus moving over to the the East, to me, that that saved the franchise. Uh, You know, kind of what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. That uh, that kind of gave Columbus um, how I how I want to put it, like uh, not like a fighting chance. Uh, you, you know, they just weren't the West. They weren't able to compete um, consistently, uh, and they just never could seem to get the right pieces together. Um, it wasn't until and, and granted, a lot of that comes with money, um, you know, and. They weren't really necessarily filling up the seats. Their season tickets weren't all that great. Um, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of buzz around the NHL. I mean, they made the playoffs once. We got swept by Detroit. Um, even then, most of the fans in the stands, I was at game four, um, Detroit fans. Um, I know pretty much the whole section around me was mostly Detroit. Um, so there just wasn't a whole lot of fanfare um, around the team. But I think once they moved over to the East, that's when, you know, you're always going to have your diehards. Like, you know, the team can go 1-81, and and I'm still going to go up there. I mean, actually, I'd probably like it even more because then I could get dirt cheap tickets on stuff up. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you, you, you know, like, you're going to have your diehards. But, like, what really sells um, the teams are the are the kind of bandwagoners, casual fans. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and Columbus has – to compete with OSU, I mean Ohio State is the is, is the big dog there. I mean 
even though it's not a professional uh, professional sport or sports team, I mean it basically is in its own right. And you, you know, you go to a you go up to a Saturday you know a Saturday night game of the Blue Jackets, and it used to be you know no one was there. If I was at the Ohio State game or partying after Ohio State win or something like that. Now it's not so much. Now now the team is really putting some stuff together. Like they they've really built a good team, and and that all goes back to going over to the East. You know, they, they were able to win. They got some more money and revenue coming through. They got some buzz. Players started kind of, with the exception of Jeff Carter, um, you know, wanted to come to Columbus. <laughs> uh, you, you know, um, and it just, it just really kind of changed the whole mindset of the team, of the city. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I, I think Columbus may have been on the path of Atlanta, Um you know, one one playoff one playoff uh, appearance, one sweep, and then you know they they got the they got the NHL All Star game kind of thrown to them, and it, it just never really took off in Atlanta. Um, and Columbus may have been on that track until you know they they were able to really string some stuff together. Yeah, that's that's you know very true, and I think that um, you know NHL's got a lot of um, it's going to be interesting. They've got a lot of a lot of thinking to do and a lot of rearranging to do. Um, I just hope that everything's going to work itself out, so that's not going to be an issue. But um, you know, the expansion it'll be exciting to have uh, Quebec back in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Vegas. You know what, what goes on with that. But you know, it's you know, like I said, it's going to be a fun NHL season as always. You know, it's you know, hockey's back, so you can't. Can't ask for much more than that, um, you know. Like I said, you know, like we start, you know, like we started at the top of the at the top of the show. You know, we got college hockey starting up next weekend. Um, you know, if you know if if you've listened, you know, to to the show in the past, uh, you know that I do the the Coach Scott Hicks show. Uh, you know, as we talk about the Miami women's program, so you know we're going to be getting back with that. So this can be, you know, we're going to try and you know do this show, you know, more often. Uh, you know, hopefully. You know, I don't know about a, a weekly show, but every every bit try and do bi-weekly. I think that would be, I think that'd be pretty good. You know, kind of recap what we, you know, you know what we see in the NHL throughout the uh, throughout the season. Obviously, we'll try and talk some college hockey as well. That work? Does that work for you, Mr. Carl? Sounds good. Hey, there we go. Well, we uh, you know, we appreciate you know you come back on. You know, it's it's nice having uh. I just have a, a co-host like that. He's got the uh, same passion that I do, if not more. I mean, he, you're you're right up there. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's nice to have. Um, but I know we are going to be having our uh, our our picks. You know, we're going to kind of well, we're gonna we're gonna list our picks, uh, put them up on the blog on the FDI Sports blog, which is fdisports.blogspot.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter. I'm at I am Chris Asbrock. Uh, you can check Kyle out at KGPhil01 on Twitter as well. You know, help build up his following. Uh, he's going to he's going to tweet hockey. Uh, he'll, he'll be doing that a lot. I can guarantee that, especially uh, especially once the season and once the puck once the puck drops for real uh, this coming week. So, uh, but yeah, make sure you check us out. Uh, I think we're going to be on iTunes. I don't know since I just switched over to Block Talk Radio. I don't really know how the how everything works with iTunes, you know, with being on Podomatic, we never had an issue with uh, everything being loaded up. So I'm curious to see how this is going to work. 
Um, but you know, regardless, uh, make sure you uh, you know you know kind of comment and everything like that, and kind of rate us and tell us how we're doing. So um, the uh, you know, so yeah, just uh, that's pretty much it. And um, we'll uh, you know we'll be back next week or so. And uh, you know, hey, get ready for the NHL season. So. With that being said, Kyle, uh, have yourself a good night, and uh, thank you guys for uh, for tuning in. Thanks for having me on, sir. Hey, thank you. <laughs>